Hello, humans. Welcome to the M Word podcast brought to you by Martin. That's me. And Matt. That's him. Hello, Matthew. Martin. Matty. Or Jay Gyllenhaal, as I called you earlier. <laughs> and John, thanks for joining us. Hello. We can talk boxing in a moment, but I just want to give a shout out to some, uh, just to, again, maybe new listeners, just to go have a look through our back catalogue. Uh, I just wanted to bring up a few episodes that are in there. Uh, there's one of our very early episodes we did with Tom Gandhi, the golfer, which is a bit of background to golf and uh, how the hell you play that game and all the uh, intricacies of that game. Sam Murphy, since we spoke to him months and months ago now, gym owner, world record holder now. Uh, that's a good podcast, very interesting uh, podcast with Sam. Oren Smith, local runner, very good uh, runner, very interesting background in Buddhism, traveling to Thailand. Uh, I think that's about two and a half hours, that podcast, but it took, covered so much. Uh, something we didn't mention last week, uh, Mr. Varley, since we did a podcast with him like yeah. nine months ago now, since run a few marathons and now an MBE, uh, which is just unbelievable. And then off the sports theme, we've done a couple of podcasts, one on cybersecurity. If you ever want to hack the dark net, you can go and uh, have a listen to that one. And uh, Steve Parrish, the MotoGP commentator, former truck rider, uh, again, a really fascinating story with him just before Christmas. So they're all on our, our social media channels and uh, iTunes and all those places. So, yeah, please feel free to go back and have a look. Uh, so, guys, thanks for joining us. Yeah, fabulous. Pleasure to be here. Cheers. Right, set the scene then. Just uh, some uh, questions. Uppercut or Haymaker? You youth go first, shall we? What do you prefer, mate? Haymaker. No, no. Jab, <laughs> best punch in boxing. <laughs> Uh, Mike Tyson or Tyson Fury? Mike Tyson Fury. That's a hard one, isn't it? Uh, Mike Tyson, probably. Why's your answers to them? Why do you respect the answers? Well, do not, I, I wouldn't pick them as the two favourite. No, I was, but, yeah, no, no, it was uh, just two Tyson. Tyson Fury, six foot nine, proper heavyweight. Obviously, with the Deontay Wilder thing, coming back from depression. Uh, United Bat on his own right and then becoming the world champion for a second time. Um, and he's just a likable character, like <laughs> singing in the ring and everything, <laughs> everything else he brings to the, to the boxing game. So I'd say Mike Tyson for the opposite. He wasn't a big heavyweight. He, you know, he, but he brought breath of fresh air to heavyweight boxing all the time. Probably after Ali, at, you know, uh, he's working for a big star in heavyweights. And uh, he was a breath of fresh air when he hit the scene. You know, for, you know, if you just take his boxing into account. Uh, We're recording this mid-February. And I think it was only a few days ago. It's just come back to me. Uh, it's, I think it's the 30-year anniversary of when Buster Douglas knocked him out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think there's a documentary out, somebody was saying, I don't know if you've seen called 42 to 1, which were the odds of Buster beating Mike. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, that. I haven't seen it either. It was supposed to be a really good documentary. Uh, Rocky or Million Dollar Baby? If you've seen either. Wow. Well, you're getting out of this room if you haven't seen Rocky. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I Rocky. Uh, Million Dollar Baby. I've not seen Million Dollar Baby, actually. Yeah, Rocky is one of the worst things uh, for me. For the, the gyms used to be chocker. Every time we'd have a, a Rocky uh, film on in the 80s, the gym on Monday, you couldn't leave. Yeah. Oh. John, we're going to fall out very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky, mate. <laughs> so training prefer go for a run or strength and conditioning strength <laughs> easy one I could have answered that for him does any boxer like running I don't know why he'd like runners right <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Oren Smith on ask Oren you've got a bit of a medalist right 
Kozaki used to do a lot of running. I've just remember seeing a lot of footage of him doing running. Everyone's got to run. You've got to run. You've got to run. You've got to run. Right. What kind of distances do you run as a boxer? It varies. It, it, it can be sort of sprints. If come to a fight, you'd be doing short sprints. It's sort of like explosive work. Further down, and when you're just starting your camps, maybe it'd be your longer runs, and it would be maybe split up in between sprinting right. and jogging. What's a long run? I would say five to ten k. Right. Mm. Um, and then also you've got your hill runs, which are, I would say my worst. Runs when do we are in your program? You know, the, the, the running program is the same as your, your training program. You know, your, your runs are spread out over your program, so you can start with the hard ones and and that. so your steady state runs. You know, right through. So I mean, do your sprints and There's interval a, work. Mm. Hills, you'll be all in the middle pool. Very well, the well known in Liverpool with the Everton Hills, right? I think there's about seven or eight, and it's like this is a long road, but they just stop at every point, which is a hill, oh, okay? And the, the, they, are, they are really well known in Liverpool, and they are just hell on earth. I do them at six in the morning in a camp, right? And you can't go to sleep the night before because what well, I can't because I'm thinking of them ahead right. and it puts me off going to sleep, right? Hell, hell outside our gym is not too bad, <laughs> strength and condition, it is then. And then best fighter ever. Uh, the best, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the best fighter, or my favourite fighter. Uh, my favourite fighter is a guy called Alexis Aguero. Okay. Yeah. So I just like like his style and everything. I don't see who's the greatest ever. I think you probably uh, Sugar Ray Robinson a little bit before my time, but you know, because everything that the guys are doing now, he's already done it. Yeah. Fifty yeah. years ago, sixty right. years ago. So yeah, they haven't invented anything new. And is Mayweather. Cracking on his legacy with what he's doing now. He's just making money, isn't he? Mm. Anything money, he, he, his name. Do you think it's ruining his legacy or tainting it? It's hard to, I mean, if, if you put yourself in his shoes and someone said to you, oh, "Do you want to fight a YouTuber for thirty million or whatever?" You're not going to say no. Would you if you had two hundred million already? Not a fair point. That's our two million. Yeah. Uh, so, so moving on the facts and Sugar Ray Robinson, I was reading a fact, a fact earlier that he dreamt about uh, killing someone. His next fight, killing someone, pulled out the fight, and then he was talked around by a priest uh, to do the fight, and then went and did the fight, and he killed the guy. Did you know that about him? Yeah, I knew that. I don't know about the the premonition. I knew that there'd been a fatality in one of those fights. Yeah, uh, fastest. You know, the fastest fight ever. I presume it's pro ranks. No, probably. Or time, guess probably, a time. I've, I've seen the amateurs one punch. Right. I've seen one punch in the amateurs, but uh, we, we've actually had one. Uh, I've seen that in Jacks as well. Steve, <laughs> yeah, well, Tom Bosch as well. A guy from, from up this way, uh, Steve McGrath, he, uh, he went out, I think, he, he threw a jab and landed and threw right hand, bang, gone. Right. Uh, it's it got to be under 10 seconds, so. Yeah. yeah, it was four, well, again, it's, it's Google, so I'll take it with a pinch of salt for four seconds, yeah. I, assume it, I can't remember the fighters. No, yeah. not really no, 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 no. I don't think it was any world fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, certainly not the guy on the floor anyway. And then the other fact I was reading about in the corner, he was saying that, and I'm sure you'll know John all those sorts that were saying, is to keep your hands when you rest and hands down here, not on the ropes. Yeah. Is that common? There's blood. Blood circulation. There's different guys who've got different things where right. you open your leg, open your legs, and don't have your knees bent. Oh, right. your hands oh, on okay. And so I like to, to, to sit down and uh, 
If, if they're going to say, in the amateurs, uh, a white guy stand up. Right, okay. Mm. Why is that? Yeah, because they, they stand up in the gym, they don't sit down in the gym, and some guys got a lot of uh, uh, nervous energy, mm. and I think they just, and it's only two minute rounds, in the amateur two, three minute rounds. Uh, so it's, it's a bit of a sprint rather yeah. than a marathon, as the pro ranks is. Uh, so, yeah, I think some guys prefer. Maybe sometimes psych out the opposition as well. Yeah, yeah and, and it just depends on what you find with some of the damages. They don't want to steal until they do want to steal. <laughs> <laughs> like, if they do the first two rounds, they don't want to steal, they're like, oh, yeah. give me a steal. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. It's always there if you're there, but yeah, it's, it's funny. So, I've yeah. come back in an amateur fight before, and it's, been, and it's the last round, and I've come back and I'm tired, and I'm getting ready to go on the last round. But while John speaking to me and giving me instructions. I've seen, you know, around John, and I've seen the other kids stood up, and I've been thinking, how how is he how the hell is he up on his feet already? Oh right. I'm about to go for number two, three. Yeah, minutes. okay. And yeah. my answer would be probably hasn't worked hard enough. All right. Because what I was saying, Matthew in the amateur days, he was a very quick starter. You know, first two rounds, you know, nine times out of ten, you know, he nailed it in the first two rounds. I mean, yeah. Some some guys like that, some the late starters, you know, second round, third round. Yeah, yeah. You can't be a good start, can you? Yeah, no, no, no. Man, you, you know, get a, get a lead on, on your opponents, they're chasing them, so. And do, do you think, like, uh, I saw something this morning, actually, it must have been a fight on last night, you complained about the judges. Is that something, as, as someone who's now progressing on his boxing career, that always worries you that one day it's you always, just won't yeah. get that? It's always been a big part of boxing in amateur and professional. Um, but that, like, last night, the fight you're talking about, I think the scorecards were 118, 111. And I was watching that fight and I had it the opposite way around. Not not the same scores, I had it around the other fellow who lost the fight. Yeah, all right. And I think yeah. a lot of people on Twitter and Facebook and over social media had near enough the same. Yeah. But it is it it's the bad thing is in amateur boxing especially, it can sort of kill a kid's dreams in a way where I've had it loads of times you've gone out and you've boxed perfectly. In your head you feel like you've dominated every round and then you've went and got beat on a split or whatever it will, will be and then sometimes a lot of boxers we can take the gloves off and go back to the changing rooms and they think and what's the point yeah yeah but that's no, what I mean it must be if, must play on three, the mind three judges are sat there and they're just going to give it to the other lads yeah. but you've had many bad decisions but if, in amateur I would tell I would tell about amateurs to forget about the sort of result and just gain as much experience as you can obviously when you're in the tournaments it's a bit, it, it can be horrible balls to take yeah. But if it's just like a normal club show and just a normal fight, I just take it on the gym and move to the next one and just and, focus on the experience. And, and judging then will judges judges judge differently, so they might a judge might naturally like a more offensive boxer and therefore judge differently when two boxers are coming yeah. together. Obviously, you've got the criteria to, to them. right. So there is a general and criteria. There is a criteria, but then there's always a sort of uh, yeah, discretion what your yeah, yeah, yeah. what your perception of the, of yeah. the fight is and. And what do you deem as uh, skillful and, and whatever? So you know, it, it, it's always going to be there. And they've tried different things, bringing the computers in and, and different scoring systems. And it's you know we're, we're still getting there. I think decisions. it seems to be less or more more rare that you see bad decisions, as you call them. Yeah, yeah. So it is what it is. But what like what Matthew just said there. You've got to become resilient. Mm. If you want to stay in the sport, and he's true, a lot of kids just say, oh, it's not worth it. But if you, if you can get over it, it's, what I try to do as a coach, I try to uh, concentrate on the performance rather than the outcome. Yeah, yeah. 
And so, you know, we, we, we're, we're within 12, 13 year old schoolboy, boxing on a club show. We're looking at where you're going to be in six months, a yeah. year, two years. It's quite hard to convince kids at that age. It though, is, it? It's it is about hard to, right now, is it? Yeah, it's about obviously. And, and, and I think in this in the modern world, everyone wants everything uh, instant, everything uh, instant, and we get everything what we want when we when we want it. So, uh, but if you can get over that, if you can get over like Matthews, we you know we just walk away and say, listen, I've been in the game since I was. 7 years old, and a lot of guys, a lot of experienced coaches been in the game all the time. We can't explain it, it just happens. Mm-hmm. We just got to get on with it. Well, let's pick up that point and stuck in the game. So, when did you first get into boxing? I remember, I was about 10, 11 group of lads went to the gym. and In the UK? In the UK. So, I was born in the Wirral, uh, born in uh, Wallasey, and uh, so lived on the Wirral. And then I, I drifted in a lot. I was a lot of sport. I'd done a bit of swimming, football, wasn't great. I didn't really. I always drifted back to the boxing. And then I left when I was 21. Was, was that a popular sport in the area at the time? Or so was it just... in, my, in my, like, I'm 60 in the, in May. So we're talking about early 70s, late mm-hmm. 60s, early 70s. And I think in my area, my council estate, football and boxing with yeah, the big right. ones. There's a lot of other sports and now and but when I was when I was a kid it was it was like boxing clubs and, and football. So you know. Was it seen as seen as a potentially also a way out of so yeah. I presume it was fairly deprived area at the time. Yeah yeah I would say so and it's it's not an expensive neither mm. an expensive sport to get into. Yeah. You know, boxing isn't and and it was uh, you don't know a lot, lot of uh, money to get into, so mm. I think that's probably a uh, working class background. So. And other family members were they boxers previous? No, or no, no, no. no, no. Right. Uh, I was like I say, group of mates went, and it was like I followed along with them yeah. and just tagged along and and, and liked it. But, yeah. uh, but drifted in and out for a few years, and then I went to uh, come back when in my late teens, early twenties. I went to Jersey then, mm. and then I uh, boxed in Jersey, and I think that my experiences in Jersey. Have helped me with my experiences in Ireland because there's a lot of parallels yeah, that have yeah. been in Ireland and, and the, the structure and that yeah. they've got got in their boxing. So when I came to the island, I think it helped me sort of work with. with what the took Ireland. you to Jersey? Uh, my dad lived there. Right. My dad was a pub landlord. We right. moved around a little bit. So mum and dad was with up and my dad was living in Jersey. Yeah. It was just a little break away from um, his side. Yeah, yeah. And I was. Uh, you know, I was getting into a bit of trouble with, I was 19, 20, I was, you know. What were you doing for a living? Uh, so, plastering, so right. I work on building sites and yeah, yeah, yeah. plastering. So, uh, what weight did you fire? Uh, so, I was light heavy, but I moved up quickly. So, once I got to me late teens, I moved up to heavyweight. But to be true, well, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't some muscle. I wasn't one of the, one of the degrees of But I, you know, enjoyed it while I was in it. What weight? So, for the non boxers, stone and What's the other word? Pounds. Yeah, what or kit or KGs? What weight is that? So, yeah, so I would have been about 14 and a half stone, about 92 kilos, and there's not a big heavyweight. Right. You know, you're talking like 16, 17 stone. Like you look Anthony Joshua, 16 and a half stone, 6 foot 5, 6 foot 6. So I was, we never had cruiserweights at that time, so I was probably a cruiserweight. Okay. Well, naturally, so cruise weight's the next weight down. Yeah, there's some in the, in the pros and even in the amateurs, they brought 85 kilos in, which is cruise weight. Right. So I probably would have fitted in. I, I couldn't get back down to light heavy. Right. Which was, so it's light heavy below cruiser? 81 kilos, light heavy oh, weight. Right. 
Yeah. And How many kilos? 81. 81, right. Okay. And then there you go, 91. So it's a big jump to Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a 91's heavyweight and super heavyweight is over 91. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. So super heavyweight just in the amateurs have a not really. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I've not heard that in the, no, it, it, in the pro so, ranks. Yeah, so heavyweight. Yeah, but you've got Bruno Pro ranks, you've got cruiserweight. Right. Which is that, the, the 90 or kilo lads that right. probably get into the, the, the cruiserweight right. division in the pros. Right. So you're fighting at what division at the moment, mate? Like a super lightweight. Right, okay. So 140 pounds, which is about 64 kilos. Right, okay. So an old money that would be like Volta. Oh, right, okay. Change the names, haven't you? Yeah, they've changed them quite a lot, to be honest. Right. What, what height are you? I'm 5'11". Oh, Jesus, and 64 kilos. Yeah. Don't eat a lot now. No, I just, I, you have to trim down. I, yeah. I, I walk around about, when I'm not fighting, I'll be walking around at 70 kilos. Right. So I've always got that six kilos to, to lose right. pretty much. But, and that's coming off through training camp. Yeah, then, so uh, you, I usually lose, um, like obviously I've, I've done it a few times now, so I know my body, and I usually lose two kilos of just training, Okay. a, a kilo and a half of just training, mm. forgetting about food. And then once, I think diet, if you speak to a lot of athletes, they'll always say diet is your, your main thing. And if you can get your diet right, you're halfway there pretty yeah. much. So I started to bring my food in then, and get a dietitian on it and what I'm eating and when I'm eating. Mm. And obviously you want to be eating enough to still have energy for your camp. And you, I'll probably drop another kilo and a half there. So I'll probably get to about 66 kilos or six, around that with my diet and training. And then after that, you just, it's kind of a bit of water. Like you'll be drinking, doing the water, the cup, uh, maybe steam room, same type of thing. So yeah. you do kind of have to turn yourself down. But so far, as a professional, I haven't had to do that because I've had... My fights have all been the same day weighing. So I weigh in at 5 o'clock, 5 p.m. I fight at 9 p.m. Oh, right, okay. So because I'm fighting, because I've only got a four-hour recovery, but I won't go down to 140 pounds. I'll go like 144, 145 pounds. Okay. Which is allowed because it's the same day weighing. So you're probably... Oh, so they give you a bit of... Yeah, so you're not like... If if I was coming at 140 and I would maybe... I mean, I saw on air the night before and stuff, I'd be dehydrated, yeah, it'd be yeah. dangerous. Right. Especially going to get taken hits, blows to the head and stuff. So that's why at the minute I'm coming 144, 145 pounds. But as soon as I do step up and I'm doing eight rounds and 10 rounds and the fights were maybe for a title or whatever, I will have a day before weighing. So right. I'm weighing on a Friday and boxing Saturday. And I'll weigh, I'll weigh in probably 1 p.m. on a Friday. Right. So I've got the rest of that day, the rest yeah. of the Friday, and all day Saturday to sort of rehydrate right. and recover. So that's when you can sort of burn yourself, not burn yourself out, but trim down a little bit more. Why uh, Why that time difference between sort of the short round fights and the longer fights? Why Why it's, weigh in well, earlier? It's, not, it's only because I'm on a small hole show. So I'm with VIP promotions. Okay. But, and there's a small hole promotion. So it's like your, your venues where you get yeah, like okay. 1,000 to 3,000 people in. But sooner, you're like, if I was with, say, BT or Sky with the matchroom of yeah, yeah. Eddie Hearn or Frank Warren, I would constantly have the day before weighing. Yeah, okay. It's just because it, I think as a promoter, it costs a bit more. Yeah, yeah, for the to, venue longer, yeah, blah, and, blah, blah. And, yeah, and yeah. so, like, you've got to put your boxes in hotels the night before and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. for a small promoter, they, that's why they do it the same day. Right, okay. So, hopefully, in the future, when I'm ranking up and I'm getting bigger fights, I'll have to. Do you find that uh, food and nutrition are. Do you find it a struggle as you strip down? Yeah. I'm not going to lie to anyone. I mean, I, John knows yourself. I, you, I could sit there and eat burgers and chips and all the wrong food, but it's just, it, 
And then the dad chose to do this. Hmm. So I can't complain as he's, as he's got to be done. But as I've got older as well and, I, and I'm learning more and I'm speaking to different dietitians and nutritionists and stuff, it isn't too bad. You can still have, you, you can still have your treats and you can have, go through them and stuff. Just like balance, that. I guess. It's just, yeah, it's just balancing out and it's the right moment. Like, as time, I, as we're developing with like sports science and all these nutritionists and that, everything's picking up and that and they know, they know what they're doing sort of thing. But no matter what weight you are, usually you're always going to have to not kill yourself. You're yeah, going to have to yeah, trim yeah, down. You're yeah, going to have yeah, to sacrifice yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah. And if food's one of them, it's got this, that's how it is. Yeah. I mean, it's Ricky Hatton always gets the, gets names thrown in because he was one post fight would balloon oh, and go yeah. again. Yeah. Is that something you try? Appreciate you're not, not going to balloon, yeah, especially at 22. But there's a, there's a boxer called Andre Ward. Yeah. And he, he's retired now. He's a, very, he's a very good boxer. And he said that you never want to go over, I think it was eight, ten pounds or something, over your weight. Right. Like your fighting weight, that is. You always want to stay around your fighting weight when you're walking around and stuff. And it's just because it, it'll, it'll pay off after a while. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look yeah. at Ricky Hatton. He was a great, obviously, young believer boxing stuff, but. He would go, he'd be in the pub, he'd fight on the Saturday, he'd be in the pub Monday night, yeah, and he'd be yeah, training yeah. and stuff. And, and as it got on, it takes his toll. Yeah, yeah, and you look at someone like Mayweather, for example, as far as I'm aware, I don't think he touched really alcohol for yeah, his yeah. whole career. And that's why he stayed in such good shape, and that's why he's been on his A game his, his whole career. Yeah, yeah. He's a, uh, I use it claim to fame, not that I met him, but I was in Vegas watching. Uh, what did I go there? It's up there, Canelo Golovkin, the first fight. Yeah. And uh, he was in Vegas at the time. Who's this Mayweather? Uh, Mayweather was, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was wandering around. We were in Caesar's Palace. And he uh he's tiny. Just because you see him on you see him on TV, don't you? And obviously yeah. he's ripped it out. I mean, I flog him, but uh he's ripped out, but then he got a couple of guys around him, which probably doesn't help because they're massive yeah. bounces, but yeah, he was tiny, he was tiny. Uh yeah. right. Go back well, I say tiny, uh, <laughs> but you know what you see on TV. You obviously, expect this. Go back to the Ricky Hatton uh, scenario. And I think Ricky was the first one to admit that what he done wasn't right. Yeah, yeah. Things. And you know he's got a young son now. He's just saying proud of him. He'll advise him. And it, it, you know, uh, I think you know Ricky's the first one to, to, to tell you that it, it, that wasn't the right thing to do. But it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, Roberto Duran was another one. Okay. A uh, uh, great fighter, uh, you know, moved up in the weights from lightweight up to light heavy, I think. And uh, he was uh, he he was notorious for out of training uh, mm. habits. Yeah, like, right, so right. Say. So you know, but I would say Matthew's uh, not a, not a big drink, and he's not a, he's not, not not like that. So it, like you say, we all like our cakes and our, our treats. I got all the all the good stuff in life. So not yeah, good yeah, for you. yeah. So, Where was Duran from? Duran was Panama. Yeah, okay, so that's the movie, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Hand of Stone or something. Yeah, like yeah, that's that was his nickname. I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, it's a really good movie, yet. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. Uh, so uh, Matt, are you getting into boxing? What got you into boxing? My older brother done it first. Right. Um, he must have done it for about a year, six months to a year, say. And I was, I think, eight. And I was trying to get, I was speaking to my dad. I was, trying, I was doing, I was always doing a little bit of padding with my dad in the living room, but I always used to try to get into the boxing room. And I think my dad ended up speaking to John and Pete at the time. And uh, I think they, I think they both said I was a little bit too young. But I did go down and 
and I think he said, we'll try him out, come down and have a little go. So I went down, had, had done it, and I think he turned around to my dad and he said, yeah, leave it another year, come back when he's had a year or whatever, and he'll be a bit older then. So then I'd come down the next week and I'd change my name. Oh, really? So I think I'd come down about five times and kept changing my name. Um, and I think they'd be False like, glasses on. Yeah, they'd be like, they realised I weren't. Yeah, it wasn't going, going away. Yeah. Um, and then they just kept me on. I think by the time I was nine or ten, I was into it and I was doing well. And you, could, you, you could sort of probably tell oh, you're you going to be a, a decent little fighter. Yeah. Um, what, what drew you into boxing then? Like, I know that I wasn't, wasn't ever to the point where I watched boxing and thought yeah. I wanted to be boxing. It was literally just because my little brother done it. And mm. I just wanted to follow his footsteps. Did your old man box or anything? No, mm. he done he done karate. Right. Uh, he was. It was because when my, when my dad was young, Bruce Lee was the big thing at the time. Mm. Oh, okay. I couldn't go karate at the time, according to him anyway. <laughs> but he never, he never. My dad never forced us ever to do anything. No, it was just, just supportive. Go try, go try whatever you want to do, and if you like it, keep doing it. And like you said, he'll, he'll just support you doing it. And I think I must have been at. Asking for a fight for about three years because mm-hmm. you're not allowed to box till you're what well, I think it's changed now. I think it's 11, it was 11, it was 11 at the time, it's 10 now, right? So, obviously, I've been in the gym since I was eight. I've on John and Peter's back every single day saying, Got me a fight, got me a fight. Yeah, so we, we've got a restriction in the club because and the club's only set aside, we've got a gang of the kids. And if you get we've got nine age uh, start up on our gym, right? So, age nine, I think Peter's just started a young block, he's a little younger, I'm doing on a different session. But we've got, uh, so and you imagine if you started playing f- football at nine, we couldn't play a game till you're 11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, kids like it. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Attention. So we know that. So And also, there's a, there's a lot to boxing that you don't realise, you know, technical and, and, and it's quite a tough sport. So, you know, I think the nine to start off is good. I think maybe the little rocky classes for the six, they're only going around and messing around. Like, but, but Matthew was one of them, I think. You've got to make exceptions to the rule. Every now and then you get one. Like you say, he wouldn't go, he's always there. He's turning up and, and he would even slip in and come to his mum would come and pick uh, Edward up and he'd be there and he'd slip in and have a lot of go. And you, you could see he was, you know, he was natural. And, yeah. and those fights at that, that first fight in that age, 10, did you say it is now? 11, he would have been well, 11. 11 yeah. Yeah. Is that, obviously it's gloved. I assume. Yeah, Head guards. Yeah. How does well, it work? So usually you the kids love the score. Yeah, skills, it's skills body is a there's a there's a bout in the amateur boxing called skills bout where the coaches come to an agreement uh, just a skills bout. There's no decision. There's, there's no winner, no loser. Okay. You know, ten year old, eleven year old kids. Uh, and if you want to try and build them in, we've four thrown them in a deep end. They've got a crowd. But his first show would have been at the uh, the, the palace. Right. Yeah. So we would have been at the palace at a dinner show with two hundred people. Right. Shop. So it can be quite intimidating to some. Yeah, yeah. To Do some you remember people. that? Yeah, I remember well because uh, we want we we wanted the skills belt. Yeah, I was going to go for a skills belt, but the but the other coach didn't, didn't want it. Uh, and to be true, we knew he was ready to go anyway. I just wanted to test the water. And it's not hard, you know. He's only ten, eleven. Let's have a skill belt or. The other coach said, no, I don't want it, what about so was, Okay, we have a bout. So what's a skills bout then? So it's three rounds, one minute, yeah. each round. And usually the first round would be a jab only. Oh, okay. The mm-hmm. second round would be, I think, a, a jab and a backhand. And I think third round is all out. Yeah, like you know, right. What's a backhand? A right hand, sorry. Well, what I jab and yeah, backhand. Yeah, your power yeah, hand okay. sort of thing. Yeah, right, right. So you, it's, it's controlled. Yeah, and okay. there's no decision. So there's no winner, no loser yeah, yeah. for kids. And it's, a, it's an experience rather than 
and he might walk into the outcome. So, but they didn't want it, no. so they wanted to, if he wanted to fight. It was actually Amir Khan's nephew. Oh, right, yeah, okay. Haroon Khan, his name was. I've actually still got my Facebook. Right. Uh, and it was, they were coming out, they were from Blackburn, it was our man face, I think it was North West, weren't it? Mm. And they they wanted the real, the real battle, and we, we were, John, I did, John wanted the skill as well. And they were like, no, no, I think he only had two fights, that's why. Um, yeah, so he was okay. like, no, no, we, we're having a real fight. So we, so we, and we ended up dead. And I think I, I stopped him in the, I stopped him in the second round. Right. Yeah. But I, I'll tell the story. I can't, I can't not leave it out. <laughs> <laughs> he had his whole family there, all the cameras and all and that. And this, they were going to, they were, they all thought they were beating me. And I come out with my first fight. They all thought I was probably going to be nervous for my first fight. And then the first round, they had all the cameras out. First round, all the cameras were put away. <laughs> and I think his coach was the ref as well. He was the ref, yeah. Oh, and, right. he had to, and he had to pull his own kid out. Oh, right, right. So, that's my little story. And, yeah. and do you remember the uh, <laughs> the feeling before going out? I mean, I was, was he I, nervous? Or? So, as I got older, I got more nervous for fights. Right. But when I was little, it didn't, like, you, you don't, like, I don't know how to describe it. You're just going into to box or you're going to play football. And it wasn't like... I could get hurt here, I could win, I know, I might lose here, and everyone might think I'm not a good boxer. And, and that didn't, all them things, all them thoughts didn't come as I got older when I was young, I just go out there yeah, yeah, and yeah. be walking out, like giving people winks and that. <laughs> the, uh, and it, I know, well, in pro boxing, you can use different size gloves, at kid level is just set. You wear yeah, amateurs are set, set times comes for the, for under 64 kilos, is it? Yeah. Under 64 kilos, 10 ounces, and up above, it's 12 ounces. And you get your hand wrapped for that as well? Yeah. yeah. Right, okay. So it's a full experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. So how yeah. does that progress then through those age brackets as you're just fighting and you got to continue to fight people within one calendar year if you're... Yeah, and two kilos in weight. Oh, right, okay, right. Yeah, so you try and it's that size your coach and try and match it accordingly with, with people in your area right. and then outside your area. My first fight was 37 kilos. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> do you, did you find that you're doing a lot of fights locally or do you try Oh, mostly the way. You'd be lucky to get, I'd say, three home fights. Yeah, you you do you know, put about two or three shows on when you have a man a year. Hmm. So uh, you would get most of your contests. I think one year you had 13, did you? 13, you wouldn't think, with being over here, you sort of, when you're in a tournament, obviously you, you'd want to be going getting your four or five fights in tournaments because you go get beat straight away you're oh, right. getting sent straight home pretty much or, you, or you're there for the rest of the days until the tournament's over so that's where I mainly got all my fights in was the tournament to keep going all the way to the end of the tournament yeah, pretty yeah, much right. the, uh, just to go back then you said mentioned earlier about coming to the Isle of Man uh, well Jersey and then moved to the Isle of Man yeah. You start to get back into boxing then because you kind of moved away from the sport. Yeah, yeah. So when I so come out, I had three, uh, three kids, you know, all in the age of so like uh, five. So, you know, your hands are full. And, uh, and uh, I come down the gym doing a little bit because it's one great thing about, uh, about the sport. I've, I've worked all over England and different places. And if I want to go and get fit, I've just got a boxing gym. If you go in the bags, no one has to bother me going and skipping on bags. The same as I mean, you've got it, you've got it, you're just going to do it. So I started doing that a little bit, and then uh, uh, down at Max ABC, they were just starting up again. Uh, they'd had a little, they'd had a period where they'd been closed down, and 
he hadn't any, any registered coaches and I, I feel like just gravitated towards that helping out and then he said yeah I always had a little bit of a wouldn't probably admit it but I probably had a little in me that I would like to have a little coaching yeah right okay all right yeah. okay so, you know what too cocky. Did your kids box at all? Yeah, yeah I mean, so my oldest lad, he, he boxed. Uh, so he'd be the same age as Danny Roberts. Right. So okay. him and Danny Roberts probably uh, came through together. Right, okay. And uh, th- th- we've got a picture of them on, on one show, and it was just them two on. Oh, right, uh, okay. we, we had quite a few pullouts on a home show, and they were the only two Manx boxers. We, we ended up getting eight, nine bouts that night, but bringing people in from England. Yeah, right. We had quite a few pullouts. And uh, we had, it was just them two and Danny, the two Danny's, Danny Roberts oh, okay. and Daniel. So, yeah, so and he, he's, he's gone into football and drifted away a little bit as a goal. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, he competed when he was younger. And the, uh, your development as a coach then, was that just something you were interested in, but just continued to do, train more of the guys, get coaching badges, etc. Yeah. And what's that pathway? How do you go through that pathway? Yeah, so your first level is a, you come in as, as an assistant coach, level one coach, and then, then you move up to a, le- a level two coach after a year or two, whatever. Uh, I think it, Does that involve co- co- going on courses? And, yeah, going on courses. Yeah. You normally, uh, uh, two weekends, it's, you go away, two weekends, and then there's the level three, which is a big step up. That's a big step up. That's, that's a few weeks. That, that you're away, you're away for a week, uh, and then you're away for five, six days doing your assessments. And then, then you've got your level four, which is the, the highest one. Uh, so I'll go for that. But I think it's just a matter of, I think with, with me, because I never boxed at that high level, that international level. When I was starting to get involved with uh, international boxing, uh, taking guys to come off games, I felt that I needed to be educated a bit more. I, I, and I was willing to do it. So, and that's the best uh, move I've made. I think, you know, the guys in the gym felt a difference. Of the training plans and things that we I came back from from the level three and the level three to level two to three is a massive jump. Right. Level four is hard, but it's not so big a gap because yeah. the level three was a, a tough one. What kind of when you when you're going through those levels? I mean, I say what they're teaching you is it? I mean, give me give some examples of yeah. So you so with your with your first ones, it's it's like you box when you, when you get someone in a boxing gym, you just stick to the basics. Fake punches, move your feet, get your stance and guard. And then, on the level one, your, your assistant level, that's what it's, the basics. Yeah. And then, and a little bit about, uh, how, how you, uh, go about your, your corner work and, okay. and, you know, uh, your safety and aspects and rules, rules and regulations. So, you know, rules and regulations. And as you go up into this level two, they'll start with, they'll work with more uppercuts and hooks, how to do that. And then level three, the level three, what then it becomes in sports nutrition. Uh, uh, physiolo- okay. physiology and all yeah. that kind of stuff and uh, programming how to set programs out okay. and all that kind of stuff so uh, uh, weights uh, running programs uh, different modules so it, it, get, it start getting into the science and you've got to do exams written exams you've got to do okay. uh, presentations standing up doing bullet point presentations that kind of stuff so and it must I assume your part of that is learning also to adapt because obviously every fight is different where they from their stance to the way they like to fight etc so assume it's learning all those dynamics of that situation as well of each fighter yeah, yeah. yeah you know, to adapt I, yeah I think did you say that yeah, there's, there's all different ways that we learn you know we, we, we uh, audio 
kinetically, you know, visually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, course, you'll yeah, find, yeah. Yeah, and you'll find that most people have got a little bit of both. Yeah, okay. You've got to do, uh, you've got, you've got to do a visual. Yeah. It means visual. I like to see. Yeah, and I'm a visual as well. Yeah, so yeah. I think we'll, so the, the responsibility as a coach for that, your visual's got to be good, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, yeah. Your, if your visuals are sloppy, they, they can't play, man. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, so so that, that, that's another thing as you come higher into the game, you've got to work on your own uh, skill level. Yeah. What, what are you teaching them? So it's better that stuff. So, so one of the th- that kind of brings around a question around you mentioned, uh, well, brings one of thinking about opponents. And one of the things, always, I, I do like boxing in general. Not, uh, you know, not. Oh, you can see I'm not a fighter myself. So, uh, but I always think it's sometimes not fully understood the art of boxing. I think. I think often people, see non-boxers, will just look at it as two guys thrashing themselves. But there's so much to it. So, how much of a fight one is pre-fight work about understanding how the that the opponent is. And then two, and maybe this we talked about Mayweather earlier, some, an observation, again, I could be completely wrong here, is that he goes into fights and he spends a couple of rounds learning a lot about what his opponent's doing mm-hmm. and then in the heat of the battle making those clinical decisions on how to fight. I don't know if that's a fair comment about how he fights. But is that something you're, you're you know, something you learn and you're conscious that is an important part of your development? Yeah, well, it's all experience in that because every... Every fight is going. Every fight you fight is going to be different from the next one, so that that all comes with time and and, and like I say, just experience. You might get, you might, you might never fought a southpaw before. And you're totally so that's the stance. Yeah, it's a total different stance. So I'm, I'm, I switch here anyway. Right. But for someone who's an orthodox fighting a southpaw for the first time, it can be very tricky, and you can be a lot of like head clashes and standing on your feet, and it can be an awkward fight. But then, usually you fight one, two, three, four of them. The next, when you get your fifth or your sixth one, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna learn your mistakes from your first three or two or whatever it will be. So I, all that is just experience, and obviously it is work in the gym too. Thing is as well with with pros and amateurs, as a pro you do know who you're fighting, so you can spend a camp getting ready for that one specific yeah, boxer. Okay. Where in amateur, especially tournaments, you you could fight yourself up one day, and then Wednesday you're fighting. Some tall orthodox who's on the back foot and doesn't want to, you know, come and fight you because he's running away. And then on the Friday, you're fighting some small, stocky fella who's coming to, to yeah. fight. So in amateur, it's totally different. You've got to be ready for mm. all styles. Yeah, yeah. And that again just comes with experience and, and in the gym too, working on different opponents that you could, you may face in a tournament or whatever it may be. So those foot then, so again, for the non boxers, South Pole. Is left forward or which way around? Is your right if you're left handed, forward, if you're, you're left handed, you're yeah. right, so you're okay. you left, with your right foot. Yeah, your left hand would be at your back. All right, you see, because I'm left handed, my instinct will be to fight with my left at the yeah, front. Yeah, that's your power to keep your power right. back. Right. Right. Keep power back. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> so you mentioned you're both ways. You're yeah, both. You I'm can switch to both. Yeah. I presume you have a preference. Uh, I, I'm I'm orthodox. Right. Um, that, that I started boxing. You know, if you told me to get into my stance, yeah. I'd jump into an orthodox. Just like you stance. give someone a golf club. Yeah. I think I, I must have been about thirteen when I when I started switching. Right. Did, uh, did you consciously choose that so you could fight both sides, or something you just kind of find you in that? I think I was doing switch. I think I was doing shadow in the gym. I was with John, and I was yeah, doing so, shadow. And yeah, so when I I used to do a little drill with uh, with boxes, and uh, I didn't really put any pressure on them. But what I used to do. Is to because like like Matthew just said, you might get a, a southpaw 
in, in the next fight in an OVM and he saw pose in the gym. So what I used to do when I do a thing called partner work where you get gloved up but they're not punching each other, they're punching gloves and that. And I'd say, well, you turn southpaw for him. And and, uh, and one of them turns southpaw and then the other one turns southpaw. And, and what that does then, once, you, once you've done a little bit of southpaw, you understand which way they move. Yeah. So when you box one, you understand what, what they're doing, what they're thinking. So it's a good little drill, that. And, and what I did, but, but uh, the, the other thing you get from it, as me standing back watching, you can see the ones who pick her up. Mm. Now, I wouldn't force anyone to turn southport. I don't force any kids to turn, turn southport, but I have moved, I have had a few guys with them, and they picked her up. So I go with it, and, and, cause it is a great, you imagine being able to, uh, like, how many footballs has only got a left foot? Yeah, know, yeah. Oh, Salah, or only got a right foot. Isn't it great? You can, you can score with both feet. So, for me, if you can do it, great. If you yeah. can't, I would just concentrate on what you can, can do. So, it is a little drill that I do, and Matthew's one of them kids, and they didn't just pick it up. And other kids didn't, yeah. and we just didn't pursue it with him. Yeah. But he did. It's so much a helpful, to, very helpful tool. Yeah, box, definitely. I mean, it, to throw your opponent yeah, off as well. 100%. It's just another, like, another tool in the box that you can use. It's, it's another thing for them to think about. Yeah. Um, so that studying of the opponent, like you say, now you move into the professional ranks. Is that something you do? So, I think five fights you've had. The five is that? Would you sit, watch footage of them in previous fights? Yeah, I. I Every fight I've had, I've watched back at least two or three times. Right. First time. And would you watch them fight? I presume they've had previous fights there the, beforehand the moment, as yeah, well. The, well. The only thing about me at the minute is you get a lot of pullouts. Right. So I've had opponents three weeks before my fight. Oh, right. Josh, okay. But I've watched them for a week or two and, yeah. and we're doing stuff on the bag and the pads that we think is going to work on the night. And then sometimes in the three days, two days before you fight, you've got a total different opponent. So the only thing you can do really is just watch the clip. And what's but, what's with the sorry, what's with the pullouts there? Is that just you know, being unlucky for people's reasons, or is it? Yeah, or is it, it could be there. It could be a, a reason for them. What you 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 don't know. Maybe the ill injury, whatever it could be, or sometimes you even get the opponents where the because you get journeymen who mm. fight in, in the pro game, they fight week in week out, so. They, they, sometimes they double booked themselves almost where mm. they've pretty much whoever's going to offer them if, if, you, if they've got a fight down London and a fight in Manchester and the promoter in Manchester's giving them 1200s but the promoter over in London's giving them 1500 they'll probably go down to the, mm. the, the promoter in London so sometimes there's going to be a bit of that going on too but a lot of times I don't every fight I've had so far in my pro game hasn't been the original Okay. Opponent, it's always changed. Usually, the last week, mm -hmm. uh, even my last fight, that you get a lad from, uh, I can't pronounce the place, Nicaragua, Nicaragua, Nicaragua. Yeah, that down <laughs> South America. So I had to get a bonus from there right. for my last fight because they totally like everyone was taken up pretty much around. There. Some weights as well are harder than other weights to match up. Right. So there might be middleweight, might be a dead jam packed weight where you can find fighters or whatever every day of the week. Where some weights might be a little bit right. harder to get to get your match up, and I, yeah, and I suppose also part of that match is not finding someone who's you want to get you know, it's all time, and you want to get the right opponent for the right time. Yeah, and at yeah. the minute, I'm on a sort of it's a pretty much calling it the I'm like an apprentice at the yeah, yeah. in the pro game. I'm just learning my trade almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how I, frustrating is that in in regards? Sometimes certainly as they're coming through, you see that. 
there's the headline fight, but they see the fights before and they interview them after, and you get the impression, you know, the fight is just pummeled someone else, and they're like, I want, I want a bigger fight, a bigger fight. Yeah, it must be hard to be patient if you believe in your ability and who you are. That yeah, maybe I mean, your coach is not not holding you back, but yeah, that's just it's probably just having the right team about you because you can get you can get young kids and or, or whoever who just want to you just want to go straight to the top and they just want to rush it and get get there as soon as possible, but. A lot of people, everyone I speak to usually say it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, yeah. You just want to buy your time and learn as you go. Learn in the ring while you're fighting and out of the ring in the gym. And not even just training. It can be like we are talking about before with diet and what works. One diet might work yeah. and another diet might not work. And so it's, everything is total, it's a total experience. And you move up in the rounds too. So at the minute, I've done four rounds. Right. I haven't done, my last fight was meant to be a six rounder, but for whatever reason it went down to a four um, but my next fight whenever it will be when COVID <laughs> does one yeah. it'll be a six rounder right. so well, that's another thing you want to go six rounder eight rounder ten rounder twelve rounder and what dictates how many rounds you do is that you choosing yeah. it or how many fights you've, so you've I, done at that level to say okay yeah, yeah, six yeah. I mean I could I could go in and say I, I want two I could have two four rounders and then I could ask for a six rounder, right. and I could have one six rounder and go for eight. So that that's down to you, you, yeah. your coach, and the team behind right. you. Yeah. When you're ready, I suppose. When you yeah. when, when they think you're ready to go up, and when you are, so some go quicker than others. Some you don't want to hang around too long either doing the same. Like you, you want to be doing ten four rounders, yeah, right. and then you move to a six rounder. You, you, you want to try. I I I would personally say four five round four rounders five times or four times. Then you move to your six rounders. And that's you. That would be the the usual step up. A couple of six rounders, then eight rounders, and then after that, usually when you're talking like ten and twelve, they would usually be in your title fights or, oh, right. or okay. aiming for a title anyway. Yeah, right. And at the end of those fights you've done so far, do you get to the end of them and be like, "F me, I've got another A." If I want to step up a couple of rounds, yeah, I've, I've done the last probably two, three fights. I've probably I've done that, but it's just one of them. It's not what you can do. I've actually, I've not I've got any stoppages on my record yet, but every time I come out, you know, someone always comes up to me and says, oh, if you get another round or two there, you've got them out, which probably cut off because if you think you hurt someone, you hurt them in the fourth round. Yeah. Oh, and on. they've got a minute left or two minutes left, but they can hang on. Mm. And they're experienced lads in your boxing, you do this all the time, so you know how to survive. Where if they, had, if they knew in the back of their head they've got another nine minutes of this or another six minutes of this, we've got two more rounds to get through. They might take that knee or they might go, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Yeah. And your your technique or your fighting, are you uh, in in going or stand back? Um, Maybe describe in boxing terms or is it a bit of whatever the opponent is? Yeah, every, it's hard one to answer. I'd probably rather ask a coach right. what my style is. But I, I, would, I would say my, my biggest, one of my biggest attributes is my quickness on my feet and my hand speed. Right. So usually we try, actually my style is in range, out of range, be hit and not get hit. Okay, yeah. It's just be, it's constantly being quick. But as I'm getting older as well and in the pro game, you do need to start sitting down on your, on your feet. And when I say that, I mean, don't be too much on your toes, really. You need to sit down and put a bit of venom into your shots. Okay, so on your toes, you don't have that power through, I assume. You, you, you can't less do. so than being flat. You can flat. do, but if you sometimes, I wouldn't say so much flat-footed, but if if you sometimes, you just want to have, you, you're on your toes, you're in and out, and then all of a sudden, it'll be a little, there's a split second when you can really sit down and put some spine into your punches in there, and then you can still get back out of the way if you're quick enough. Yeah, yeah. Are you patient enough as a fighter again? Yeah. 
do fighters go through this thought process where obviously it's nothing to do with the crowd, but it's like, I've got to knock this guy out or do you go in the fight to go on? It's about just winning the fight. Um, the, not the style, but the, the, there's one thing that's important here is the result, not... Yeah, I just concentrate, get, like... Getting them on the road. John State before, so just concentrate on getting a good performance. Then. Right. Um, and if it does come, it, it does come. But I, again, I won't lie, in my last fight, I did put the gas on uh, and I, I think it was the last round I must have threw about 30 shots in about right. 10 seconds and then realised that I blew myself out yeah okay so I've hooked them for another 10 seconds after <laughs> that but it's just learning experience yeah like, again that just goes back to experience you, but uh, if, you, if you listen to a lot of boxers they always say the knockout comes and these stoppages come when you don't respect it so if you just go out there and, and focus on getting the win yeah. and focus on performance the rest will come yeah. I think what another thing as well uh, is a big thing that, that immaturity in boxing. He's already 22, he's come through. When he is a boxer, he's, uh, if you ask me for the style, when he first started, he was a little scrapper. He was a little scrapper, but we've, you know, over the years we've coached him and we've turned him into a boxer. I think a slick boxer, quite awkward because he can switch over the oxygen softball, great hand speed and good. Good judgments of space, right. good space awareness, right. feet moving eyes, just very, very natural. He, he moves in and out of veins quite well. So uh, I, I would, I would say, to that is, you know, it's tr- quite tricky as well because you can't predict what he's going to do next. But uh, we come back to about the opponents pulling out and things like that. Mm. Uh, we get that all the time. But you, what you got to do, you got to concentrate on yourself. Yeah. Forget about it. If you've got enough confidence in yourself and you've done everything right and you're super fit and you've done everything right, you know, there's only so much. The videos don't show you a lot of punches. Yeah, right. <laughs> the videos don't really show you how many punches you might have thrown or whatever. And that's why Mayweather, even Mayweather would have done the tongue work on him. There's still these, you know, mortgage Mayweather. He was just, I just see everyone saying you punch hard and we don't know until you've been in there with him. So you can see that. Uh, but yeah, concentrate on yourself. All right. And then in the ring, I guess, like, is it aware, you know, as a boxer, you're aware, you know, they've got a good left hand, for example. Is that something, again, you're going, going, I must keep my right constantly up? And will you see, as stupid as this sounds, but you see punches coming and be able to, that quick, you can react to stuff like that? Yeah, you've got to, the, the ones you don't see are the ones that will knock you out. So be saying anyway, but you, for us, in, in my career so far, I've always had a whole vision. I've been taught, to be able to see the corners okay. of the ring. So you're not just, fo- you are, you're focusing on boxer, obviously, but you, you're just aware of you're using your, your peripheral, whole, yeah, your peripheral yeah. vision of their corners as well. So mm-hmm. I, I used to do things where you say, you'd be doing pads and, and, he would do, and it was in Spain this, um, and he would ask a question like, what colour is oh, the bag okay. or who's walking past you? And he's just, ha- and at the start I was, I'd be turning my head and then it was just a little practice. Don't be slapping you around the other side for turning your head. So, I do, I, you see everything coming. Yeah, right. 100%. And the ones you don't, if you're not, if you're not seeing it coming, you're doing something wrong. And ultimately, I guess that gets hard as you go through fights. That gets harder as in a fight because the longer you're going through the fight, the tighter you get and your reactions are getting slower, I guess. And it's that, That's your, that, that alertness. Down to your, your, again, your experience and plus your training camp. Yeah, right. Making sure you're getting the good enough sparring and just keeping focused on the pads, you know. I feel I felt for focus is a massive thing in boxing and that will that will come with experience and that's that again with the rounds. Sometimes you might be fit enough to do an eight rounder, 
but mentally you might not be in terms of staying focused eight rounds. Yeah. So you could you could probably do ten ten eight rounds easy, try and get a breath. But it's just switching off and doing getting into bad habits, maybe in the seventh, eighth round, yeah, starting yeah. to put your hands down or you're you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing that you weren't doing in the fourth and third round. Yeah. Again, so that all comes down to experience and with the rounds. I'd imagine uh and it's something we talk about with a lot of sports people on the, on the pod is uh, mind the mind around mm-hmm. that uh, is that something that you just have to instilling in fighters over years. It's not experience, like Matthew just said. Right. It's experience. So uh, it's, you're running your first marathon. You train, 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 but you don't know what you're going to be like on that that uh, last three miles, do you? Yeah. And so going from four rounds to uh, to six, you don't know your first six rounds and your first eight. You've got to take them steps up here. Yeah. As long as you do your preparation, everything's right. You should be all right in your marathon. Yeah. The, the, the thing is, it's, it's, well, it's still there in your head, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter how, how much you train, you're still niggling. I've never done this 10k bike ride, or I've never done this uh, uh, marathon before. Mm. It's still and it's the same with the, with the pit hurdles of getting through six and eight and ten rounds. But you know, if you if you do preparation, nothing's right. It's, it, listen, it's, it's going to be an experience, isn't it? Mm. And it, you've got to get through it. Do you see fighters going through that cycle of struggling to perhaps yeah. deal with the? Yeah, you probably do. But what uh, what you would say is that you know, uh, and that's sometimes like Matthew just alluded to that some guys want it too quick and get thrown in the deep end a little bit. Mm. And they're thinking about the 10 rounds when they okay. should have, the, the, and they've lost the first four because they were thinking about, yeah, right. uh, so that kind of thing. Really, so they, because they weren't ready for it, mentally, they might have been physically ready, but they weren't mentally ready for it. And they were thinking about doing the 10 rounds and saying, so it's too late then, this kid's won first yeah, six yeah, rounds. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to get going. So, but that's experience, isn't it? Yeah. You've got to pace yourself and, and like you might have run your marathon too yeah. quick, your first. 10, 10k too quick and you you bolted on there so mm. yeah it, it, it's extra experience isn't it and, and at, at Matthew's level uh, as he's boxing now he, that's why he's not boxing for titles he's not boxing under the yeah, he's boxing because yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's learning his trade as yeah. he said he's learning his trade and he's going to he's going to move up and when he's ready he'll be ready yeah. he'll be ready to box there so let's talk go on um, so how many fights will you do in a year should we say in a year span normally it would be four usually oh. it's like March June September November they're yeah. sort of the with the promotion team that I'm with at the minute I sort of the show they, they do at the minute in the calendar year um, so usually four but like I said, I mean, you could, could have five or six. I'd, I've no boxes that have had five or six fights in a year that are pro, but it's just because it was a different promotional team. And when, so when you see those those camps that you do pre that, is that, over, is that there, are they like here or away where you go specifically for us? Oh, okay. I, I, I'm totally based in Liverpool now, very right. much. I'm, I'm trained. I obviously, I come back here to see my family and, and what I'm so I'm, I'm more or less just constantly in Liverpool yeah. with, with training. Well, camp is that that's what you think training camp and thinking of yeah. cycling you're off and they'll think no, no, you're, no, you're using that's, that's it's just a term for like a term a, for a cycle of like before the yeah, contest right yeah. so you'd still be boxing and doing fitness outside yeah, so, so pretty much camp, camp, say a camp would be like eight to ten weeks or right, so right, okay. I was when then when that camp's over it's not like I just I just sit around doing nothing until the next camp's up I'd still be training I'd still be learning the gym even getting that right, better sparring yeah. and stuff and then 
I mean, put this right. If I fought in March and I've and then I've got a fight in June, it's not exactly a massive break anyway because we're doing an mm. eight week camp. It's two months anyway, so mm-hmm. you're only gonna be maybe I I usually have a week off. Yeah, and then just you know eat a bit of food and chill and burn I mean, yourself out if you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, You need to you obviously need to have a little bit of a break. Yeah, you need to recharge the battery, don't yeah. you? Mm. And then you got another thing. Well, chicken over. You can stay in the gym with chicken over because you haven't got a fight, but mm-hmm. you just chicken over. You're still keeping keeping that weight down a little bit and keeping in, keeping in the game, and obviously burning as you go. Mm. Have you been injured through you at all through you? Touch wood, to this point. Not yet. Um, I think I, I had I had a little injury once when I was amateur. Yeah, elbow, yeah, yeah, elbow. Over, over, over hyperextensions. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, but nothing major that's ever put me out for for a long while, and hopefully it doesn't. So let's talk a little bit then. You met, we talked earlier about that sort of first fight as a as an eleven year old. How then through there through your teens? How did that progress your your career at those um, stages? I I won my first nine. Huh. Uh, won my first nine. I think I stopped my first four. And I think by the ninth fight, I was boxing at a high level, really. I think in my ninth fight, I beat, we had a, a, like a little tournament thing over here. It was the Celtic when we brought Scotland, Wales, and Ireland. Yeah, so it was a precursor to the Commonwealth Youth Games in okay. Man. So what we organised uh, was a, a, like a, what did you normally do? It was a, a pre-tournament to like uh, check the venue out. And, yeah. and we invited Scotland, uh, Scotland, Wales over. And, and then obviously the Isle of Man and they, they brought the, the youth teams that they were going to bring so it's a little bit of a recce for them okay. and then comes in with the hotels going to stay where they're going to be and then we arranged some uh, junior contests for like some Matthew okay. and a few our other boxers so we boxed uh, it was, there was probably classes of international uh, but, it, but it wasn't real uh, so you mentioned junior what age are you here? I was the being th- I'd have been 13 because right. Ed my older brother was getting ready for the my older brother went into that Commonwealth Youth Games and we were all we were all four years apart. He was oh, seventeen, right. I'd be thirteen. But that was I boxed at the time. He was he won the Great Britain Championships, the lad from Scotland that I boxed and I beat him. So that's when I sort of knew that right. I'm at, I'm at a high level now. Yeah, yeah, right. And you don't really go you don't go down really. As soon as you're at that high level. Yeah, you can't match them. So I I was a matchmaker. I used to do the matchmaking for all my football, all the Mike's ABC fights at that time, and uh, you just can't match them. And we, you just got, you know, they, they, what you can't go against kids. And you got a lot of the internet. I think, I think you got to like about. I remember looking at about you got there was twenty five fights, and uh, I think we had ten national champions on the on the on the card. Right, and we lost a couple of them. Yeah, right. So you know, so that's mm. that, that's the kind of. Uh, Level, yeah, and then obviously, uh, he, a year after it was about a year after he boxed, I boxed the same lad again. It was first England best, okay. So that's a, he's the only Alaman boxer that was a box uh, for England, Alaman base boxer. Mm-hmm. There was a guy back in the, the 80s, Carl Mooring. I don't know if you know Carl, okay. so he boxed for England, but mm-hmm. he was living in and boxing in Northampton. He won a national title, but he was boxing and living in Northampton. But from the Isle of Man, uh, Manx. Boxer, boxing young man Matthew is the only one ever to box with. How did you get called up? How does that how's that process work? Um, the last my uh, the last fight I had, I beat the national champion at, at that weight, mm. Dan, Daniel Kiffin from Liverpool, name which, and then it was coming to Christmas, I think. So in my head, I thought I, I was going to be like a little break on Christmas, but I think it, it was all that happened all that quick. You got caught, 
Yeah. Uh, you got a call up from the England squad to come down uh, to new up to Newcastle for like a little, I think about a day or two training, and it was to pick the team for England. Right. So I turned up with dungeon sparring people around my weight and my age, and then back to our, and then back to that man. But the next day, and I think as soon as I got off the boat, I think I had a call of John saying we're, we're going. We got put forward, so uh, you start getting noticed. Yeah. We're in your in your division, so northwest northwest region is uh, is, is the division that we're in. Uh, so that's Manchester, uh, Lancashire, mm. uh, Cheshire, and Cumbria. And uh, so there was a a squad, uh, a north of England squad for in the England setup, and they and they were there was this division uh, northwest yeah. was sending boxes up there. And Matthew got got uh, selected to go up there, so we I took him up to. Uh, Bailey up in uh, the northeast, and we done a, a, a squad. We did it one day or two days. Maybe one day, and the next day we went down to Liverpool to just yeah, we done some yeah. So right. uh, basically, got a look room and see what what it was like. So we got picked, and then that was my first. I got I got my first uh, chance of international boxing. So yeah, so it's uh, experience so as a coach, and well, I presume meeting other coaches as well. Yeah, I'd, done, I'd obviously done a couple of games in in uh, in Pune, but I did it with, with the England team. It's a different setup. And it's, it's, it's a good experience. Yeah, right. Uh, so I've got down in your bio here, Northwest champion mm-hmm. uh, a few times. Mm-hmm. What age brackets are we looking at here? I think one was schoolboy. All okay. right. And two were youth. I think I think it was one each. No, yeah, so two youth and one schoolboy. Okay. That. And what age is that? I think schoolboy was, I think, I mean, 12. And then right. I think youth would have been 14 or 15. Right. So that's that whole, obviously, stupid as it sounds, the Northwest region. Mm-hmm. I presume it's probably in the UK, yeah, is it? Yeah, exactly. over there. Covered mostly, it was pretty much Isle of Man and then the whole of Manchester yeah, area. Right. Um, and then you had your various, like Liverpool, Yorkshire, London, uh, Midlands. Yeah. And pretty much what was happening was this, at the time, it was called the ABAs, the, the England, it was just the England Boxing Championships. And you'd fight in your area, and you could have two, three fights in your area just to win your area. Mm. And once you won your area, you would then, or you'd fight the champion of Liverpool. And if you win that, you'd okay. then fight the champion of East Midlands, and it'd go all the way down to. I think you'd have about four fights to get to the finals, right. three fights to hit the finals. And if you fight, if you won the finals, you'd be the champion of England. Right. Okay. Um, I think the furthest I got was the semi-finals. Right. Um, but I, I also put, I had a bet on Lockie as a junior when I was 16, 17. Uh, with, that's when I had that, the elbow injury. Right, and okay. I pulled out about one or two of them. Right, okay. So the, the, uh, the, Man- the sorry, the Commonwealth Youth mm-hmm. in 15, what was that experience like? That was the, probably the best year as a boxer that I've, that I've had. Um, we knew, I think we we were always planning for that. I think that's that's when I got to the semi-finals of the ABAs, and I think I I had to meet a criteria to get onto the the Commonwealth selection, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and it was to get into the top eight, which I got into the top four. So okay. start in the UK for your age yeah, category, right? Um, we went that we went to a few tournaments in Denmark. Um, I won gold in Denmark too. Right. And it was pretty much just get we, the whole year was just getting ready for the, the Commonwealth. Mm. Um, I don't think I lost that year up until the Commonwealth. And then I, I, we went to um, a few squad meetings in Sheffield, the, G, the, the GB headquarters, sparring and training there. We'd be there for two, two three days training. 
and I've done that maybe once or twice. We went. We then went to um, New Zealand with the. Uh, we met up with the England team that were also on the Commonwealth Games, the boxing team, and we done a week's training out in New Zealand. Right. Um, I sparred New Zealand lads. I sparred England when, lads. And obviously here you kind of use the word global. But when you step in the ring with these guys, are you thinking this is a different level or not? No, because I I was on that level. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it, I was in. It, it felt comfortable for me. I it, it wasn't that. There was no sort of. Uh, I was never because I was beating these lads as well, so it wasn't like it was yeah. nothing new to me, and I've been doing it since I was 12, 13. So I was, I felt in my in my comfort, comfort spot, yeah. yeah. Um, and then from the New Zealand, the week in New Zealand, that was pretty much like a, a little small training camp, and it was to get used to the the time zone because obviously going to Samoa, time zones were all over the place, so it was to get to get used to that. And then we met up with the Arman team in Auckland in New, in New Zealand. I went to Samoa and then that's when we obviously started fighting. And my first fight was against Samoa through the local lad mm. who I beat. Um, and then I bought Scotland in the next round. That was to get the, the, the thing with the shelf medal. Okay. And then the final was Northern Ireland. Right. Who picked me, I think, when I split. Right. So it was a, but it was a, a great experience. I think the place was amazing as well. It was an unbelievable experience to be honest. Right. Yeah, I'll just go back on uh, on a little bit background to the to that to that. Uh, so organising that the Alaman team were going out a few days before uh, the opening ceremony, a couple of days, and we just didn't think that was right for us boxing and and the change and everything. So uh, we fundraised uh, for us to go to the New Zealand trip, mm-hmm. and uh, we were in contact with the England team, and I, I knew the England coach at the time. Uh, he was, he's now on the GB setup, yeah. uh, Paul Bennett. But, so we arranged, and there's only one of us, only one boxer and one coach. So we joined up with the, with the England team and, uh, and I thought that was the best because the, the thing is I've been to a, three or four games before that and you learn from your experiences. Yeah. And I was a newbie at this game when I went to Delhi or Pune. We went, we went out with the team, we, we we get a thing and you've got to learn and I, I just knew we've got to and we were with the England team and he was sparring a guy called Dalton Smith Dalton great guy he was on our show last night was he he's you know top GBK and it was good for Matthew's confidence because he was holding his own with these guys mm-hmm. and, and we were and they, I've got to say that they treated us as team members yeah. didn't they we weren't they were a great team yeah. and it was a great you know it was a great experience and I think we just got everything right. Yeah. We got the weight right as well, because obviously the, the weight management, we had a few issues that year trying to get, and we're talking about the weight, it's the experience of doing the weight. And then obviously I was helping out with the nutrition side of it, going out there, make sure that we went to the right places and at the right times. And everything just clicked in yeah. there. Mm-hmm. It was just, everything was just the right, and that's you know, the preparation side of it mm-hmm. is, is massive. And, uh, not to bring up the fact that they are the Northern Irish fellow. Is that like post after the fight? Is that uh, you know obviously happy with silver medal? Was what was the thought process yeah, post fight? So you've always been good. It's a, even if you no matter when you lose in a, well to me anyway. I'm I'm a competitive person, so yeah. if I lose in a game of chess, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. So losing the final is good, but obviously it was I think I was the first boxer to ever win a medal from the Armand. I think I was the only second person to ever win a medal in the come off these games. I think there was only a swimmer that had done it in the Ironman. Um, so it was a big achievement anyway. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. 
but like you always, like you say, I'm, not, I'm always going to be gutted that it wasn't the goal. Yeah. Do you like talking earlier about not looking ahead at things? Were, do you remember experiences of, or again, was it coaches even coming into the into the final of don't think about the medal, just go through your processes, do your fight? I presume or yeah. natural instinct, especially as a sixteen-year-old, you kind of because yeah. because listen, you've got to follow the function, you've got to punch you in the face. Yeah, you right. more medals, you've got to get through yeah, this right. fight. Yeah. I, John said before earlier, the main thing was his performance, and he and he sort of drilled that into me as a young kid, yeah. maybe from about 14, 15, so two years before I'd done the come off youth games. That was already in my head. It was just focus on the performance. And if you do, if you perform well, you'll get the, you most likely should get the win anyway. Unless yeah, right. something happens to scorecards or you get a bit of a bad decision. But realistically, if you perform to your, to your level, you should, you'll get the win. And nervous before it? Uh, yeah, I, I, you mentioned earlier you seem to be not more yeah, nervous, but, but compared to the 12 year old. In that, in that, uh, in Samoa, because you kind of always had a bit of a buzz because you won the you won the quarterfinals and you won the semi-finals. So by the time you go into finals, it just just felt like almost another day as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but obviously, yeah, you always knew what was at stake. It was a gold medal, and it would be the first gold medal, and so there was a bit of pressure on me. But and was that head guarded or not? Those yeah, that, that, that was head guard. Yeah, yeah. Um, they don't take they take the head guards off now when you're senior level, yeah. but we were still we were still youth anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, so just on that then, the, does that, there's a lot of talk about concussions, etc. Does that, how do you manage that internally now and go, you know, the future of your career? Um, Something you don't think about? I don't think about it. Oh. If I thought about it, I wouldn't be boxing. Because, mm. I mean, it's, it's, it's like um, TT and stuff. If you thought about crashing and dying, you probably wouldn't. It's yeah, the last yeah. thing you're thinking about, isn't it? Is yeah, it is yeah. any, any negative stuff? You're just thinking, Go in there and get the win, and all, all and put all that stuff to, to you. But I, I, to be honest, it never really crossed my mind. The only time it crossed my, my mind is when I hear about another boxer okay. that is mm. like I remember Eubank, Chris Eubank Junior. Mm. boxed like Nick Black Blackwell. I think he ended up he wasn't able to box again after it. Mm. So when you hear do when you do hear stories like that, they are a bit you know mm. that makes you wonder. But after a week off it, you just yeah, you kind of have to put yeah, it yeah, back yeah. at home. Yeah, I uh, we chatted to. I don't know whether it was Connor when we chatted to Connor Cummins, but whether it was a conversation around that where it's it's about well from the outside it looks mental. Uh, whether it's boxing, because again the thought of me getting in a ring just blows my mind just as much as going down Bray Hill at 150 mile an hour. But if you're in control of the situation, you've mm-hmm. done everything you think right. Whether it's you know guarding yourself, looking after yourself. To, you feel you're in control of the situation yeah. anyway, and therefore you can push those. What the normal punter sees as massive risks, you're managing right. it. Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah, managing it. You haven't it. gone 150 miles an hour the first time you go on the bike, have you? Yeah, yeah. You haven't, you haven't gone on the TT the first time you go on the bike. Yeah, yeah. You haven't gone on the, you have years of training before you've got to that level, yeah. and where he is now, years and years of training. have been doing it since, like you just said, eight years of age. Yeah. So it's not, it's all about, about levels in it, about experience. You know, and uh, there's dangers in everything. Yeah, it's isn't it just sports. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Matthew said, if you stop thinking about it, you, that's probably the time that you yeah, time to, to stop. To stop because you it, it's going to make away. You just got to get on and hope that you do everything right. And a lot of it's come back to a lot in boxing, a lot of the the injuries uh, and a lot, a lot of the science is pointing towards uh, hydration and dehydration. Yeah. You're talking about why do you you're away in the day before. Well, title fights, it's it's mandatory. 
12 the day before weigh so they got time to uh, hydrate properly because they're doing 12 rounds, tough rounds. So when Matthew, uh, so some of these, uh, a lot of the televised tele shows have got world title fights on, so they they will have a pre-day weigh-in. So all, everyone will pre, uh, a day before weigh-in, so everyone will weigh in the day before. Yeah, right. So all, all the undercard fights, whether you're the four-rounder or the six-rounder, you all weigh in at the same time. So that's, that's the, the but it's all down to the hydration and rehydration. Right. And we found that, uh, the doctors are finding that a lot of it is the guys are um, dehydrating yeah, too yeah, much right. and losing too much liquid out of the body. And that's and the body temperature rise and which yeah, causes yeah. and there does seem to be again more you know fights get do seem to get stopped earlier as well which obviously ultimately is about protecting the fighter where perhaps 20 yeah. years ago they'd yeah, like to take more punishment yeah i just i don't think there's a fight does get stopped too early i think it's easy there isn't no i don't think there is well think, maybe I compared think to like at, 20 years ago yeah then. looking at the tv oh yeah when you go back 50 years and it was 200 years and go back it but if you look at if you you're looking at the telly, and I, I, I'll look at anything that that looked like it was a bit early, but I wasn't in the ring with him. No, I'm not yeah, looking at yeah. the kid's eyes. Oh, don't get me wrong, you know, I, I think I was more comparing earlier to maybe yeah. 20 years ago. Don't get me wrong, they probably uh, should have got stopped earlier 20 yeah. years ago, but they just let him crack on. Yeah, I think, you know, I think we've come on a lot and everything on yeah, 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 yeah. sports come on, and yeah, every yeah. aspect and the health and safety of our athletes has come on. Yeah, look yeah. at the uh, concussion. Scenarios in rugby and football that we're bringing in, so you know we're, we're developing on, we're yeah. getting better now every area. So, so just to bring your career as a coach up to 2015, so we talked about the Commonwealth, been to a couple of Commonwealths with the Isle of Man, presume a massively proud experience. To yeah, it's take amazing. Athletes. And, and, and the tournaments that we go to, we go to boxing tournaments of boxers, so like the, the box cups and the, and the boxing tournaments. If you go to a, a multi sport tournament, it's it's great, but also. It can be quite. Uh, it, it, it can it can take your attention a little bit. So I, I we, we've been to a few Commonwealth games before Matthews and and I always knew that they were build up. So I'm not saying about the guys who entered in Commonwealth games, you know, a chance of a medal or anything. But for me as a coach, it was all pre uh, pre work to getting preparation for learning uh, how to manage it. Like I've just said about the that when we come to. Uh, Samoa, I knew we wanted to go before we planned that, and we, and uh, so, and that's because of the experience I've done. But it's great to the the Alaman team to be with it, like uh, the, the cyclists and the swimmers and everyone else. And it's um, the Alaman team is quite small compared to the England and Scotland and Australia and Canada and big teams like that. And you become quite close. And I, as a as a team manager, I, I would have been a boxing coach, team manager with one or two boxes so my management side of it, it isn't that big so we would help out with other people yeah, other okay. managers and, and everyone would uh, and the Commonwealth Games family on the Alaman is very close and it's very very good and they're all nice people and, and we all help each other out so that was a good it's all a great experience yeah. and you won coach of the year in 15 yeah so I mean I was on the back of Matthew winning a silver medal and I think we're working with, and also I'm, I'm been working for a few years with Alman Sport. Yeah. With, uh, so with, you know, and then they, I think they appreciate what, what I've been doing over the years because you know, obviously we had, I think we had probably about five or ten years, the most successful time in amateur boxing ever yeah. in Alman. You know, uh, going back to Dominic Monroe, uh, boxing Anthony Joshua in the ABA final, and uh, 
boxer. When I, when I first got involved, don't think they'd ever had a senior boxer win a Northwest title. No. We've got bags, we had bags on now. We've got lots of Old time now. Lost yeah, 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 and then and then you win a, a quarter final, semi final, never had a finalist. Um, and uh, Dominic Monroe was boxing. So from then, early stages, and then going on to Matthew, we had a good group with Matthew. So the great uh, thing about the time that Matthew was doing it, we had a guy called. Uh, Sam Gallen and Jamie Devine and the three of them were all round about the same weight and within a year or two of each other so they all bounced off each other so they a great sparring and that's our biggest problem in the Alamein getting sparring yeah, yes. getting good sparring and they were having great sparring every week and before you knew it anyway, these kids were sparring the likes of Danny Roberts and our Daniel and the, the seniors so uh, at that time we were just we had a real good I'd say five six years of uh you know, into finals every year and going away boxing at box cups and bringing back medals. So you know, we had a, we had a good time. Mm. And how, you many, know? how many boxes do you currently coach now? So at, at the moment, I'm, I've, I've started my own club, uh, a new club I moved away from. My favourite saying I've started a club called New Horizon, mm. and at the moment I've got six registered boxers. But with COVID, we had another four ready to go for uh, medicals before COVID. But COVID's put a, a Dampening our effort, it's, it's it's put the hold to everything. So we were looking to put our first tournament on uh, last year and uh, on the island, but that's everything's coming on the back burner, hasn't it? So when did you decide I can make this as a career? I appreciate it's not a day that you particularly yeah. remember. Um, Is that something you think about early on I or after I, the Commonwealth? So I think when I was when I maybe thirteen, twelve, like right. it was in my I was playing footy at the time, so it was one of the other in my head. I was. You were going to be a pro boxer or a professional footy player. Where do you play on the pitch? Usually a winger. Right. Usually left, on the left wing, usually. Um, but that, 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 that was, it was in my head. I remember I, I like coming in for school. I think it was in year 10, no, year 9. And I was at Ballard Community and it would be like an advisor to, to, for like you want what you want to do in life when you get ready for your season and stuff like that. And he come in and said, what do you want to do? And I, and I said to myself, I want to be a professional boxer. And I boxed for England by this time and stuff. Um, what did he say to you? And he, he said, you know, I've got a plan B. Obviously, at that time, I'm young and I'm just like, no, I'm boxing, 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 just tunnel vision and that. Now you ask me, I would say, I would say to me then, you need to have a plan B too. Yeah, yeah. But I would, and he was, and he, and he sort of, Almost like knocking down a bit, saying mm. that that's never going to happen. You hear a lot yeah, of athletes yeah, talking about it. You're never going to be a yeah. professional boxer. He said, it, and he said, How close are you? And I said, Well, I'm boxing England. Smack. Yeah, I'm boxing, <laughs> <laughs> I'm boxing England. I mean, I told him what I've done and that. And then he, and he always said to me, You need, you need to have plan B, which I, I do agree with now. But I think, actually, year eight, year nine, I, that's why I had him yeah, right. I, I definitely want to, definitely want to pursue this and, and go for it. Fun of saying about football, I had a question from Sharif Sass saying, um, how do you find balancing football and boxing and which sport did you enjoy the most? Uh, I, don't, I, I don't play footy now. I've been playing, since I've come back to our man, I've had a few games for St Mary's. Mm. Um, over lockdown, I've, I've played a little bit. John hated me playing footy. And John, what John would always say to me, he said, do you, he said, do you box for England? I go, yeah. He said, do you play footy for England? I go, no. He said, well, there you go. Mm. That's the choice. Which? It's plain and simple, and it's right. So when I'm in Liverpool, I don't touch the ball. I don't go near it. It's just boxing, boxing, boxing. Over COVID, I have been playing a little bit of footy, and if I get injured, it's on me. 
Yeah, we get a lot of kids who do a lot of sports in this grade. Yeah. It's about levels. It's probably when you start like, moving up levels in the age. So I wouldn't say... The focus to, becomes... I wouldn't say that you're a 12 or 13 year old stop playing yeah. this, stop doing that. But when you, you start and go to, to Thailand, you go to... Imagine the organisation for the Commonwealth Games. Oh yeah, you get and appreciate you, damage playing football you today. You'll be right or, or you go over on your ankle yeah. uh, for six weeks. You can't run for six weeks. That's you out. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's a couple of months down. So you, you've got to... It's all about focus, isn't it? And about mm. time and... And I think that you've got to make a decision. And a lot of kids want to... Uh, Matthew, at uh, one time, I used to say to him, he, he, he would have, if you'd have said to Matthew, uh, you, you box, you, you play for Celtic uh, and win the Scottish Cup in the afternoon and then win a world title that night, you do it. Yeah. And what, it, reality, it's not going to happen, is it? So, And we all like that when we're younger. So, but you've got to manage your expectations as you get a little bit older. So for me, I'm not saying I hated him playing, but I was like, you really need it and also you've got to go training so you, you miss some training sessions yeah, in the gym yeah. so you've got to make a choice I mean, yeah, yeah. Got, especially at the level you're at when, now, I, when yeah. I was young when I was 11-12 I'd do football and boxing and I had my schedule I'd be fly out for the week on, I'd have boxing Monday Wednesday Friday I'd, I was in the island squads at the time so I would have we trained down St John's so I'd go from school get picked up go straight down to St John's do my footy training for an hour Get back in the car, put my foot, put my boots on, my boxing boots on, get dropped off to the boxing gym, right. train for another hour, an hour and a half, then I'd be home at like eight o'clock or whatever it be. I'd have my, di- I, I wasn't, I didn't do homework before I'd have my dinner and I'd go to bed. And that'd be, that'd be literally Monday to Friday. I even think when I, when I was fighting on a home show, if I played for Corinthians at the time, if I had a game on a Saturday or a, sh- sorry, a Sunday morning, I'd box Saturday night. Right. And then Sunday morning, I'd be up running for you. Were you at uh, school? Was, I mean, again, in hindsight, was that something just a distraction? Um, I, I oh, get in the way. I enjoyed school, right. like being there and just causing mischief. Right. I, I wasn't too bad at work. I was, I was probably an average student. Right. Um, I think, I think year nine, I got kicked out of school. Um, it wasn't to do with fighting. I think it was just bad attitude and. But I did, I did used to fight a lot in school, um, from, from like, I'm talking like year four, like upwards, mm-hmm. maybe younger. Um, and I, it's just, I don't know, just the way I was at the time. Um, or, and it's just the mm-hmm. way, not, I was always brought up, not, not, I would never, I'd never start a fight or cause fights. I wasn't, I'm not, I'm not into fighting, like mm-hmm. outside the ring, especially now. I just walk, totally walk away from it. But as a young kid, I was always one of them where I had, to, I just felt like I always had to protect myself and the way we brought up. Yeah. Just stand, stand by yourself. Um, but year nine, I I started to to realise that it was all just not going to get you anywhere. Mm. And I totally settled down, and I, and I my head was screwed. And I got I was back in school. I was doing well lessons. I done well my GCSEs. I went on to do went to do A levels, and I think I I think I lasted about six months, and then I just knew straight away that it wasn't for me. Yeah, yeah. I needed to be a bit more active, um, and I and I went on from there. Do you find, because boxing is often kids that perhaps are not always on the straight and narrow, should we say, it's common, I don't think that's an uncommon statement. Do you then find that the, you see the, the, the discipline that, that boxing brings to them and they, the, again, I shouldn't use the word improvement, but how that helps them? Yeah, I think the, the, there's, uh, there's evidence towards that, but well, I've always liked it all, I've always said it all, you, you get you get kids come down the gym. 
they, they come down because they're probably all causing a bit of trouble. Yeah, yeah, in that's kind of the point. Get, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you also get the kids who are a bit who are getting bullied or uh, a bit right. uh, timid, and they get cut down. To, and I, what I what I always said, I can't teach anyone to fight. I can't teach anyone to fight, but I can teach them how to box. And if that then brings them self confidence, uh, self awareness, it brings them uh, values. Well, we, you know, that's, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm there to teach them the boxing and, and anything else is a, any byproduct is a good byproduct. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I, for me personally, I take a massive, uh, pride out of getting them timid kids to stand up for themselves and be confident. And for me, cause the little scrap, you know, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the other way around. You're trying to calm them down and trying to get them Disciplines, so it's not not a scrap. It's an actual boxing match. But for me personally, you get the you get the timbers, and they'll probably never be world champions. You know, but you feel the self esteem. Yeah, and, and you know what? Like, I I can't go out. I, I go to Jack's to watch the football, and the kids are coming up to me saying, "All right, John, the kids." I, I forget. I'm terrible with names because I've had hundreds of kids come through. Yeah. Isn't that isn't that nice? Yeah, no, isn't that great? Yeah, and yeah. you know, we're not talking about world champions, or you know, just kids who have four or five fights and. We pay them a bit of time, a bit of attention, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're all right. They've got a job and a marriage, they've got a house, and it's good. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. They're not just good boxers; are good human beings, good people. Yeah, I think I think boxing teaches teaches you a lot more than not not just boxing, you know, dedication and stuff. Life like values. Yeah, and and you've got to like if you want something like you do have to work hard for it, whether it be sports, maybe just what in university, whatever it may be, a job. You do that. I think I think going to, and it's not just boxing. I think sport in general. If you do get your kids into sport at a young age, they always have that competitive side, and know, and they always know that you do have to work hard for stuff if yeah. you want, if you want it, and you have to dedicate stuff, and you've got to sacrifice stuff too, to, and willing to get something in the future. And I think, and that's why I would always say, if I when I become a parent when I'm older, it's the first thing I would get kids in, into sport, whether it be. I mean, I, I don't think I get my kids into boxing. But they'll definitely get into a sport where it'll teach them other values and mm-hmm. then actual sport will teach them stuff out of life. Why wouldn't you get them into boxing? It's, it's, it can be hard. It can be lonely as well. A very lonely sport. And it's like Friday and Saturday nights and your mates are all out drinking and stuff. That never actually, I've never been a fan of it anyway. I'm not a massive fan, but I'd, I'd happily go out. Either. Fan of what? Going out? Going out and drinking and stuff. It's not, it's not my scene, but you, you, you can feel lonely and stuff. Uh, it's always it, it. It's good to have a good a crowd around you that are doing are on the same vision, whether it be the same sport or not. Mm. But someone that's still got goals in their head where they want to go and, and achieve something. And I've, on especially on the on the Isle Man, I've never most of my mates have just been like like. I mean, they, they won't care if I say it. They know they know what they like. They just like to go out on a Friday night, mm. Saturday night. Most people do. There's nothing wrong with it. But just because of my sport, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As simple as that. And you, you, you can't feel left out and you, you can be a bit forgotten about as well sometimes. But it's just part and parcel of what comes with the sport. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously the pain and stuff that comes with it, you cannot, it, it, when you sit, you are sat there and you can't drink, you've got a bottle of water in front of you and you can't drink it or you can't eat that cake that's in front of you. And it's just, it's just a very hard sport. Yeah. I mean, I'd never tell anyone not to do it. I'd, I'd, I'd 100% tell every kid to get into it. But my own kid, yeah, yeah. I think as well because of the level of being at, like with John saying, for someone to come down just to get a better self-esteem, a better confidence, I, I honestly don't think there's a better sport for it. Mm-hmm. I think 
I can teach you so much and get your get your confidence up so much that I would advise every kid to try it to give it a go. But when it gets to a high level, you hear you'll hear a lot of boxers say it themselves. They're not letting that kid. They're yeah, yeah, no, that's them. what crossed my mind was you hear a lot of boxers saying saying that when they have a family. Uh, so we chatting before we came out. Your nickname? Yeah. Magic. So what's the story to that? Um, Paul Molinaji, his name was. Um, the fight that I watched him in, he actually got beat. Got he got beat by a guy called Miguel Cotto. He was a very good fighter, and he had uh, he had hair. Hair was like the predator. Right. His hair, that and obviously you're not, not going to miss that. He had to quit. His, he had to get his hair cut in the eighth round. They, they just got no decision. Oh, yeah, they started cutting his hair. But it was he, even though he lost that fight, he lost against one of the the best in the world, and he was he was a very flashy. I just like the style yeah. and then that's where I got the name from and, right. and, it's, and it's kept so it's on the front of the shorts it is yeah in the sparkle and the match has done it Matthew Matthew yeah yeah no it works good so a couple of other kind of fire through some quick stuff uh, I presume under training certainly from a coach side as well under trained and I heard uh, Tyson Fury talking about this he preferred to come into a fight under trained than over trained because you get that kind of lead leg feeling after a few rounds. So is that something you'd attest to? That I don't know. You, as, a, as a coach, you try and get a spot on. Don't yeah, you? yeah, yeah. But you don't always achieve it all yeah, the time yeah. for whatever reason. So... Uh, you don't have to balance think, it, but you yeah, prefer to be I, slightly under-trained. I think, uh, I think, I think the, the, the over-training is probably uh, a sign of like, have a, a bad program or yeah. something's going wrong with a problem. You won't train. Like, for instance, the fight gets cold called off for a week or two because he's got a cold or an injury and it's a big fight that'll probably reschedule for a week or two so uh, but the under training uh, I can see where he's coming from uh, but uh, as a coach you're always you looking, want for the, you're looking for the perfection yeah, right? you're yeah, looking yeah. to try and get, get your time get everything right get the time right get everything right so. yeah. Covid pain in the ass yeah it's put a damper on everything the lucky thing is, is everyone's in the same boat more or less um, obviously, from, in, bo- in, the, in the world of boxing, you like to be BT Sports and Frank Warren and Eddie Hearn and on Sky and even Channel Five. They're getting, they are getting their lads out, but I'm not, I'm not at that stage just yet. So it, I'm not, I'm not able to get out on the small mm-hmm. shows. It's just a no go at the minute. Um, I've, I've had chats from manager and stuff, and they, 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 they are looking, they have been trying to do stuff, but it's just sort of they always hit a brick wall at some mm-hmm. stage when they are trying to put shows on. Um, and that way you just mentioned there, Eddie Hearn, is that the next kind of step that you're you're aiming for? Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of getting ready for the likes of them big fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I, I I I was I'm hoping maybe the back end of the next year or maybe 2023. Right. We're in now, yeah. yeah. So to 2020 back end of 2022 and 20, yeah. 2023, I'd be looking at stepping up on whether it be Match Room or Frank mm-hmm. Warren. But I'll be hope I'll be. Hundred percent, I'd be ready for a title fight. TV, like and it's, it's all about TV. Yeah, no, no per, per se, but they in in the in UK, they're the, the big ones who've got TV. But it's TV exposure that's massive. Yeah. You know the, the the small hole boxing where he's doing it now, and you're learning your trade, great. But once you get that that chance to highlight your skills on TV, that's when you're stepping up into obviously everything. Yeah. gets better the money gets better the, the opportunities get better yeah. but it's just got to get ready yeah, for that and, and be we, ready were talk, for we were talking about when we were coming up we were talking about this and it was like you've got to 
it's all timing and getting the fights at the right time and stuff. But sometimes there is going to be a, a time when you might have to take an opportunity where you don't know if you are ready or not. Yeah, right. But you do. It's a risk you've got to take. And I think everyone in the career gets to a point like that, and it's like it's either now or never. Yeah. But I'm I'm hundred percent sure that when that does come, I'll, I'll be I'll be ready. So those five fights, I appreciate you might not want to talk about particular numbers, but you get paid for fighting. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a purse at the end of it. Yeah, it do you get paid for turning up, or is it just? I would, I would, take? I wouldn't be going if there's no money at the end of it. Right, okay. Up. But you get, you get paid, um, and you do, you do get paid a certain, amount, you get paid an amount anyway. Right, appearance fee, you call it. But you get, you can get a percentage of the tickets and stuff. You pay for okay. the rounds, well. So they have a, right. they have a set fee for a four round, a six round, eight rounders. They have set fees as well. Uh, you can't go below that, so it's a, like a, a like a level wage. Category, so yeah, that but also it's a big thing is selling tickets, yeah, right, yeah. That Danny from uh, Peter talked about yeah. that when they were in. So, I'm going to back in the corner with the question here because if you didn't get paid for boxing all, would you be doing it? Which then backs you in the corner to make you sound like you're only doing it yeah. for money, which obviously isn't like, the case because you love the sport. I because I'm all there, no, because right. I know it, if you're not going to get paid for it, there's no point, you're just getting hit for no reason. But when you when you're an amateur, you don't get paid for it. Yeah, you're right. just doing it just because you love it. But when when I when I was amateur, I done it because I loved it. But I also seen a vision where I could go and I know where I could lead to. Yeah. And and it all leads to becoming world champion, having lots of money where you can just sit yeah, yeah. down when you're advertising, sit down mm. and just relax and look back at what you've done. But it, it's not it's not it's not every, it's not money life. No. It is. It helps you out, especially when, and when you're older. And you, you get families when you're older, and you want to pay bills and stuff. You need it, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just can't. You just can't do it. Yeah. So you mentioned manager there. So what typically a manager that would be someone from the uh, what's the word from the people arranging your fights? What are they called? Promoters. Yeah. So they're given to you, are they? From that as part, uh, of, part of that package. So my manager is. My promoter too, pretty much. Okay. So VIP promotions and Steve Woods is my manager, and he he runs. So he yeah. sorts fights out. Yeah, he, obviously talk to John about the type no, of so fight. No, I, I don't say much. So I'm Matthew's amateur coach. Right. Okay. So I'm, a, I'm an amateur coach. I'm not involved in pro. Right. Okay. So Matthew has moved moved to the UK, right. but he's he's coached. So why why is it back on the Isle of Man because of COVID? He's training with us, mm. and you know in yeah. our in our gym and. You're just checking over early. Yeah, right. But uh, so I'm not involved in Matthew's um, career at the moment. The lad who trained me in my fights in Liverpool was called Tommy Smith. Right. He's, yeah, we were based in a club called Salisbury. Okay. Um, in Liverpool, it's, it's a it's a well decorated club as an amateur. Um, but they would have a talk. So pretty much, they would Steve Woods pays someone to match. To, to match the fights okay. that matchmaker would then speak to my coach and okay. realistically I I do find out who the opponents are of course but I do tell I'm not really fussed who they are because that's why that's why they're my team they're yeah, there to yeah. get the right fights at the right time especially this time when I'm just learning so I just get myself prepared when I find out who the opponent is I watch the fights and we'll train get ready for them yeah. but mainly it would be your coach and the matchmaker that would be doing the speaking, um, yeah, yeah, in arranging to, yeah. to arrange the opponent, and the likes of Steve Ward, who would be the manager, he's sort of just putting on, he's putting shows all over the northwest mainly, and he's he's making sure everything's 
running smoothly so people are getting match fights mm-hmm. people are the tickets uh, the venues doctors judges he's doing all, all that side of the stuff yeah, okay and in the corner who's in the corner with you then so is that they yours or the vip no set? I, yeah you have your own you have your own manager you have your own sorry uh, coaches and stuff yeah and get your, so my i've actually at the minute i've currently just left the Salisbury. Okay. Well, and and when I go when I go back to Liverpool once COVID over, I'm I'm going to be looking for a new gym or a new I mean a new coach. But at the time, Tommy Smith, who I'm still in contact with and still friends with more, he was my main coach. Then I had Paul Edwards, who won a British title as a as a professional, but he was like flyweight right. right at the bottom, um, in weight divisions. He was like an assistant coach, and then I had it like in the. Cutman, Cutman, yeah, yeah, and he also done my raps. Uh, Chris Bauer, his name was. So right. they'd be my three in the corner. Right. So, and you mentioned for, again before we came on. Now you're looking at just, I suppose that team around you always goes back to a comment, uh, a discussion we had with uh, Rich Seal, who does uh, in the in the mind game, and he mm. talks about. Uh, I always remember his comment when he mentioned about there's no such thing as an individual sport because yeah. yeah. the rallies you have a team around yeah. you, and so we, you mentioned those guys there, and also you're looking now at diet, nutrition, sports condition and separate coaches for that. And again, I assume ultimately as you're moving up through the through the levels, it's just building that team around you. Yeah. Those little one percent, two percent that you need in each part of the game, just improving yeah, them. Yeah, that's all it is. See, your coach is like he's ahead of it all. So he should be um in, in conversations with the strength, with the diet. He needs to know everything that's going on. Yeah. And he needs, so, so then he can also plan out his program and make sure everything's running smoothly. So he's got to be on top of everything. And that's why you pay him as well. Yeah, yeah. He, and obviously you you have to do your own part. But for a boxer, what most people like to do, what most coaches like to do is take everything off the boxer, take all the other stress yeah, okay, off him yeah, so yeah. they can just literally just focus on turning up and training. Yeah. And then everyone else. So you've got your, even like your, your massages and stuff, your... Um, like your recovery sessions, your dietist and the stuff you just stated before, he's gonna be pretty much making sure that that's already for you. So you've done your sparring, go go eat. This is what you're eating. Right. Got all wrote down. Go back to your apartment. You're eating that. Then after that, you're going down to do your mat. You're getting a massage. Okay, that's you done for the day. Yeah, right. Next day, be up here at six a.m. doing the, the, this running. Yeah, and it, it sort of work, it, that's how it works. So your coach is in charge. Off your whole training and come, and he's got to be on the ball. Mm. So, just uh, I want to go back to a question you were asking before, mate, about the sort of medium term, long term goals. But just a quick question about, and, and again, the level you're moving through. You see some fighters moving around weight divisions now. They seem to me, as again, as an observer, weight divisions are quite narrow in the weight category. Is that a generally considered a hard thing to do? And at the position you're at, your career, is that something you just find a division and go on comfortably and work through that? And if you end up hitting a wall where perhaps you get beaten a few times, it might be then you step back and go, do I need to move up or down? Yeah. Or how does that? Yeah, well, you generally will most likely move up, especially me for my age, you know, 22, my body is still going to develop. Right. As training goes on as well, and I might, you know, become stronger and, 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 and put on more muscle mm. or whatever. But, I I would say in what you're saying there, if you lose a few fights, just an example. Yeah, yeah, you'd probably be thinking maybe I'm not making the weight right, or maybe I'm just I'm not making the weight comfortable where I need to move up the weight, and I might and I might be I might be less fatigued or whatever. So again, that's probably a combo that you'd have with yourself and your and your coach. Yeah. 
uh, and, make, and and to making sure that your all your preparation is right and you are doing the diet right and what I stated earlier on with one diet might work better than the other. This is why I like different nutritionists work better with, with mm-hmm. a certain boxer and the boxer should really know how the body works, especially as they, they get further down yeah, on their yeah. career. They know what will work for them and what doesn't work for them. But moving up in weight, like I'm 64 kilos with a super lightweight. Well, the weight would be the next weight up, which would be 66 kilos. Right. So it was only two kilos. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot in it, which I know in the future I'm going to be going okay. to that one. Right. It's, it's, it's going to be bound to happen. Right. And But I know boxers that have gone from 64 to 71, and that's middleweight. Right. Which is a, it's a fairly big jump. But what you've got to remember as well is some boxers are going from 81 down to 71. So you're coming up from 64 to 71 yeah, and okay. from 81. So they're naturally going to be the bigger person. And it could either favour them or it could go into your favour because you don't know if they're killing themselves. Yeah, and yeah. they're going to feel like what you felt yeah. like down at that lower weight. Yeah, so. Okay. But you do, you never know what's going on in each other training camps. You yeah, can't. Yeah. You, you, you just got to turn up and, and do your thing, basically. And if they're to kill on themselves, you'll find that out on the night. Yeah. So yeah. so that leads in then the question I was going to ask about, and and you touched on it there, Matt, about you know the it's called the TV matches in in eighteen months. I mean, do you believe you'll be world champion at some point? Is that uh, something? I, I I I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't think I could I could go all the way. Um, and, and I know it is going to be extremely hard, but I think I've got the skills. I think I've also got the will to learn as well. But I, I, I believe I can go as far as I want in the sport, as long as I make sure I put 100% into it. See, if you put 100% into it, you just you don't do it at all. Um, and that's that's what I th- I'm showing that already. You know, I've sacrificed a lot. I left back, left my family, my house. I've, don't really, I've not got, I've got, I sacrifice a lot to do what I'm doing. And I believe if I keep going the way I'm doing, the keep the way I'm learning, the way I'm progressing in my career so far, and the sparring that I've been, I've been down on spars. I know sparring is completely different fighting, but I I get called up to spar world champions now. Right. So and I and I hold me on with them. And we have good spars, and they ask me back, and you always know you've done well if they ask you back. Yeah, right. If you don't ask you back, you're not. They're probably thinking they're getting nothing out of you. But I have been. I've been down on spars many different ones as well. And if I can hold myself, and like I was saying before, I know it's a sparring and it's, it's totally different from a fight, but if I can hold myself now at 22, maybe in five, six years' time, I'll be the one calling yeah, the younger yeah. lad down and yeah, getting yeah, me yeah. ready mm-hmm. for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I 100% believe I can go all the way in this sport. And it, John, I mean, you're obviously not going to say no, but when you look at people coming through the sport and the youth and then getting into the into the ranks, then you must see the ones that you believe can go to that uh, again I see cyclists I've cycled all my life and I'm certainly no coach but you can see talent in people yeah. because you've just been around the sport and I assume that's the case and certainly looking at Matty that's something you see yeah yeah, you can yeah the talents that will already get you so far don't want it so yeah, it's yeah. hard work like Matthew just said yeah you know, and I think uh, a lot of that comes with maturity as well as you get older you realise and, and listen to Matthew uh, I'm seeing Matthew for a while and obviously he's been in the gym last week or two uh, he's matured a lot like it's nice to listen to him talk as I remember him when he was 12 and 13, 14 year old 
wanted to play for Celtic in the morning <laughs> whatever, title at night. So it's great to listen to Matthew and, and, and I'm being mature about it. But that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's all about that maturity learning. And yeah, yeah. It does seem that, again, obviously there's the, the hundred other things you've got to have, but that mental part of boxing does seem, I'm sure it is in many, most elite sports, but it does seem to be, you'll speak to any, you know, you listen to every boxer and it's, it's, it's right, obviously, that focus, drive, I can do this, I can do this. Mm-hmm. You lose a fight, you come back, you go, you go yeah. again. It seems to be just instilled, I guess, from youth of coaching that that's... Yeah, you've got, you've got, to, you've got to believe you can do it. I think I think that's in and I think that's in. You know, I don't have coached. Yeah, no, I, I do agree. And and, and your your cycle yeah, coaches yeah. coach lots of kids, and there's, there's yeah. one Cavendish or there's one yeah. uh, Kenny in there. So yeah. it, it, that's in them. Like you know, they they got that in them, and it's just you've still got nature. You've got you've got to bring it out of them and put them in the right direction. But I think that that will to win that that determination that. That, that's that's installed them from you've got that from the way go. So at this moment, if we weren't in COVID and you were back in the UK training, would you be working as well? Yeah, I have a part-time job. I look after autistic people. Right, okay. Um, it's only like one or two sets a week. Uh, it's through another boxer actually in the same gym as me who does it too. Okay. Um, but it's a uh, it's a good it's a good job. It's a good it's good on your CV. I enjoy what I enjoy it as well. Um, Is that in a school in a community hall after? No, it's, that one? it's just like a. It's like government funded sort of, and it's just it's just one lad that I look after, okay. the same lads, um, and it, it so it's not like you go to like a home or a, like a, a school. It's not like the loads of people. It's just you, yeah. one lad, and a small little team, and there's usually two of you on. Okay, on for the for the day. What kind of thing are you doing? Just maybe, look after him. Maybe it's yeah. literally just being there. It's just making sure that he, he he's safe, um, right. cooking his food. Uh, and uh, there's not there's not much to it. It's a very it is a quite a simple job, an easy job, but you you get an enjoyment out of it knowing you are doing well. Yeah, you see yeah, the parents, yeah. and the parents always thank you for for the work you're doing. And um, you go out for a lot of walks. You take him out on little activities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I said, there's not much to it, but it, it's it, satisfying. I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I presume again as you move through your career, there's a because again, it's na- natural one of probably the most important things, I guess, is rest as much as it is to train. That it's that balance of you want, you need to kind of maybe work to get a little bit of finances as well, but you also need to rest. So it's that yeah, constant well, battle. With this job, it is good in terms of boxing uh, because it's not it's not like you're going out. Like yeah, it's not a building site. Like, going out yeah, yeah. It's, you, 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 could, you could go to train in the morning and you could go to your work and it'll be a chill that day. It'll just open like a recovery day for you. Yeah. So it's good because you're getting obviously paid for it as well. Mm-hmm. And the big thing as well for young, young uh, professionals like Matthew is sponsorship. You know, sponsorship is key, and I'm sure Matthew will talk about it. You know, he's looking for sponsors now to help okay. him. He's got his strength and conditioning to pay for him and stuff like that. Or he's okay at our gym at the minute, but you know, when he gets back into full training, you know, you need sponsorship. There's all, when you know, uh, when you're this stage of your career, when you're still learning, yeah. you know, do you want to talk a bit about yeah, that now? And do you have sponsors? Yeah, yeah who are they? Yeah. Uh, I like with Derek Melville. Okay. He's sponsored me since I was amateur as well. He's helped me out. He's got Melville Joinery Firm in Scotland. Also, my dad's helped me out with any roofing. Um, Joe Quinn, who's based over in Jersey. Um, and MSN Scaffolding. Okay. Um, but pretty much, this, how the sponsor works is obviously you get exposure over your social media pages. And I could have, you know, 5,000, 10,000 people watching me on, on uh, not on YouTube, sorry, on the VIP 
live streams when I am fighting on the yeah. night. Um, and I get a lot of viewings on my Instagram, Facebook and stuff as well. Um, and chats like this and radio chats and I have chats on YouTube on uh, interviews with VIP. Yeah. Um, even I'm in the Merseyside papers and stuff. Okay, yeah. So you, you do get a lot of exposure, but the sponsorship helps me out because I can focus on training yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. working. Yeah, yeah. And it will pay for you. Is it, it pays for like your, your training, your travel expenses, your, uh, the, the, pretty much the work that the, my job just covers my bills. Apart from that, you just sort of, just, you're living off your sponsors to help you get by with your strength, the dietitian, the food to buy, the, uh, the supplements, your training gear, and obviously using training gear, like, the gloves you wear, you don't want a cheap pair of gloves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You use them every single day. Yeah, yeah. So you, you want, you want to have the, the best quality for you, for your safety as well, so you're not, you know, when I, when I get the six. Your yeah, hands so are the chosen to turn on, mm-hmm. you break your hands. That's yeah. it. So you, you want to have the, you want to have the good game, your head guard when you, you're doing 10, 12 rounds sparring. You want to have a good head guard, you're only walking out. Yeah, yeah. With like a wooden head guard on or something <laughs> crazy like that. Which, is, which some of them are like, by the way. So it all, it all helps and it's it, it, small amounts, big amounts, whatever amounts anyone can ever help me with. So just reach out through your social yeah, media yeah, channels just, are probably yeah, yeah, social media. probably so I assume again it just I suppose it's another thought that when you want to focus on career and and uh, sorry on training etc rally is you've got to keep social media presence you've got to I'm sure you prefer to be sat at home now lying in bed and, and relaxing yeah. than chat here but again that's I suppose just it's the, it's, yeah it's, it's part of the part of the job isn't it uh, I mean, yeah a lot of people ask me this about the, like would you post because I'm I think if you if I wasn't boxing or anything, I'd probably be a private, you know, quiet guy and I wouldn't really post a lot, but you need to keep updated, you need to let everyone know what you're doing, you need to keep on top of it. So and the best way to do that is on social media, it's free advertisement pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So I have Facebook accounts, uh, I have Instagram accounts, um, and I do, I always put a post up just to let everyone know and then I find people that help me out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just to let to keep everyone updated on what I'm doing, because especially at a time like this when people are thinking, you know, I wonder if is Matty still boxing under what Matty's doing? And I'm constantly training behind the scenes all the time, yeah, but every yeah. sudden I'll, uh, I'll put a post up and let them know that. Yeah, and yeah. as well, when you come to fight and try and get rid of your tickets and stuff, you're trying to get your name out there. Um, I'm, I'm, all, I'm probably post once or twice a week. On Instagram and stuff to yeah, just yeah. keep everyone, yeah, yeah, just a reminder, pretty much. It's a balance, isn't it? Because you want ultimately you just want to be focusing on what you want to be yeah, doing, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, and and you know that's another part of it that we don't realise. And then you know, Matthew's not one out there. You see guys in boxing, they got big miles, but they get big fights because they got big miles. Matthew's not one of them kids, you know what I mean? He's, so it's you know, it, it, it is probably harder for. But then, so yeah, yeah. You've, you've got to do it. It's, it's the way it is now. But uh, he's not one of them kind of like, um, but he'd rather just get on with yeah, it, yeah. do the business in the ring. I know what he's like, he's that kind of kid, but you've got to sell yourself up. You've got to. I'm thinking about making a YouTube channel now. All oh, right, okay. I'm calling out YouTube fighters to see if that'll work. Uh-huh. Absolutely, Joe. I, I, I watched one last week, uh, and I just, I've got novices in the gym. You beat them up, but they're getting big money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the generation in now, though, isn't mm. it? I mean, all the kids and everyone watching YouTube and they know all these people. So I, I would say fair play for them. I mean, if I could do it, I would do it. But it's just sometimes it's a bit heartbreaking when you're trained your whole life. Yeah, yeah. And it's just some YouTube comes along or whoever it may be. They never, never put a pair of gloves on. Yeah. And they're fighting Conor McGregor. Yeah, yeah. For world champions, <laughs> the they're getting 25 grand for the world title fight. Yeah. 
I mean, for, when when I suppose uh, reality TV started 15 years ago, that was the same. It was like a shortcut to getting famous, wasn't it? It's the yeah. same same process, yeah. just a shortcut to... You love Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never watched that, but I'll let you assume that's the case. <laughs> uh, so a couple of other, just quick questions. You've mentioned you've got a gym at the moment. Yeah. People want to come down, get start getting yeah, involved. So New, New Horizon Boxing Club, we're on Palace Road with the... Manx ABC used to be, and they've moved now. So we, we've taken over their gym, which is a great old gym for us. Uh, we're open Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 6.30. Junior start, uh, so junior we start from the age of nine, up until like 15, 16, they'll be in the junior category. They, they train for an hour. Right. Seniors train for an hour and a half. So, yeah, we've got, I say, with COVID, it's, it's put us back with our active boxers. It's put them back a little bit, but we're just taking over the... And we've got a lot of uh, key fitters in, and mm. we probably have about 15 people in, in the sessions. And we've also just started uh, the filler and the villain. We've started mm. a team up from Peel. Okay. They've asked to use our gym on the uh, Tuesdays and Thursday, and they do a Saturday morning session. So they're using the gym when we're not doing our, our sessions. Uh, so there's, there's me, myself, I'm, I'm the head coach. Uh, secretary of the club, and I've got Christian Baruski. Right. Uh, I don't know if you know Christian boxed uh, two Commonwealth off games. Right. But the other man is at the 180 odd fights. Yeah. Uh, obviously originally from Poland, and a great coach gives experience. You just can't, can't, you can't, you can't uh, buy that experience at some level. Boxing international level, boxing mm. Russians and Ukrainians, right. and, and stuff like that. So we, uh, Christian's uh, coaching with me. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, we're, we're going right. We're, so again, you'd say if the gym's open, it's whether you're just coming down, your child just you want to help them build some self-esteem and some some awareness to someone who wants to. Yeah, obviously we're, we're, we're a boxing gym, so we're trying to get kids to box amateur, we're yeah, amateur yeah. boxing club. Well, we do have key fitters come down, and we have it's 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 cheap. It's three pound a session. Just come down, pay you three pound and and train. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, mm. we're, we're always uh, we're looking to try and enable the next Matthew Rennie. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, within that, we get loads of uh, guys just come and use the gym and, and get fit and learn a little bit. You mentioned there the thrill Villa, the the thingy. I was going to ask because I think when we were chatting to Peter and Danny, they, I don't think Peter was a massive fan of white collar, the white collar boxing and that kind of. Yeah, yeah. What's so, your views on yeah, it? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a massive fan, no. but it is what it is. Like Matthew just said, it's, it's popular, it's for charity, and they're doing it like a so I know Peter's, uh, they, 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 tra- they train the Douglas team yeah, yeah. Uh, there, and, and they do it on the, their off night. So, it's just all gyms. Uh, Three nights a week, so it's empty. Yeah, you know, a few nights a week. So if if they want to rent out and use the gym, that's fine. Uh, so uh, if for me personally, no, it's it's not. Uh, it's it's not what, what I'm all about. I'm all about yeah, the yeah. amateur game, amateur boxing, bringing kids through. But uh, it's it's there and it's doing well. And it's 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 uh, good causes, raise a lot of money for charity. So you know, it's not going away. Is it? No, no, no. And uh, do you get drug tested? It. Uh, um, all the firefights you've had I've, I've been drug tested as an amateur um, I've been you get drug tested as a pro too but when you get at a high level it's that's more regular yeah, yeah. you get drug tested a lot through camp and stuff but at the minute for me the only time I get drug tested is when I get my medical done which is once a year right um, they're not, so to keep your licence you have to get you have medical. to get medical every year you get brain scan oh, uh, ok interesting mm-hmm. right uh, we in the urine yeah, yeah, test yeah, yeah. Uh, and a blood test. Right. 
Um, and also they do. I think it's just a check to see like nothing in that year. Nothing's happened to you. Haven't broken any bones or anything like that. But that's once a year. Uh, again, that that that's nothing that's spon- that's six hundred quid for that. Right. And that's nothing where sponsorship really helps out with getting medical done. And you like you've got to pay your license a year too, which about one hundred fifty pounds a year too. So all when like all the sponsor money goes towards all this, and it helps you out massively. Yeah. You got some questions there, just see them popping up. Yeah, um, got one each for you. Uh, so, Me. John, yeah. both from Anna. Um, how do you deal with the psychology of boxing? So, in terms of spending, building these close relationships with these guys coming through, and then presumably through their fights, when they win, when they lose, you know, the boxers themselves can after their own battles to do, but as a coach, you brought them up, I guess. How, how, how do you deal with all Yeah, well, I've never been trained in, in, like, in psychology, so I think it's just natural. I'm just me. I, I try to be level-headed. I try to be, you know, not forget, like we said before, about uh, forget about the results, especially in amateur. Let's concentrate on the performance. And I think if I started kicking off about the results, he it okay. would... Uh, an example, yeah. yeah. So I, I just try and be level headed. I think uh, the boxers would have to tell you about that. What I'm like, I'm, I think I'm uh, fair but fair, yeah. I would say. But uh, fair, fair and fair, <laughs> but as well, I, that I've noticed is like the teach you stuff. So you, I, I don't know, I wouldn't, it's a hard one to describe. You sort of have to be there to experience mm-hmm. it, but like you, you know, I know what I'm, what's right and wrong. When I'm in the gym with, with John and what he's, and that's what I was talking about before with you learn more than just boxing. Mm-hmm. You learn life stuff, skills, life skills, it? yeah. And even like I know, I know, I shouldn't be doing this. So I just turn my head to it, walk the other way, mm-hmm. or don't go, don't go down there. I can, I know what's happening. I can see the future already. What's happening? Yeah, okay. And I know it's like how could boxing put that into you, and how could people like John and other boxing coaches put that into you? But they do. And you just don't you just mm-hmm. you don't know they do, but they do as you get older, you then they and they teach you other stuff. You just Discipline it. seems to be a big yeah, from whether it's your diet or whatever to yeah. this guy, because you are a boxer, wants to square up to you in the pub because he thinks he can. Yeah. And it's that ability to that yeah, discipline yeah. to go mm-hmm. and walk away. Just as much I suppose when you're in the ring fighting, it's discipline about you know. Sometimes you don't want to rush in, I guess. There's times when you just want it. Well, you mentioned about being gassed in that other fight, where perhaps, again, over time, more and more discipline will be like, this isn't the opportunity to try and finish this. Just learning those. Yeah, so... When instinct is like... There's a lot of different things you've talked about there. So, the st- standing in, in the chippy on a Friday night, everyone's drunk or being in a bar, you just got, like Matthew just alluded to there, about seeing what the eventuality of the situation yeah, right, and trying yeah, yeah. staying clear from it, situations, and it's... It, it's it's quite quite hard, and we don't always achieve that. We've been trying to, but you know we, we've all we've all been there. But uh, the the discipline in, in boxing, I mean, it comes through the training. I think the training instills that into you, and that's why we were talking before about uh, the the training for eight and nine year olds is different than the training. If they're only coming, if they're only little kids. It's not going to be uh, doing the, the full rounds. They're not going to be disciplined. So I think mean, in years of training, so like we got back to it. He's been coming to the gym since eight, nine years of age. So that discipline is instilled over the years. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember in fights where you'd get get caught with like a little shot, and you know you shouldn't have got you, you know yourself you shouldn't have got caught with. 
and the first thing that comes to mind is you want to get them back. Yeah, but but then it's like you're not going to jump in the pool and not get wet. So if you're going to jump in the ring, you're going to get hit at some point. Yeah. So you just got to accept that you are going to get hit, and as soon as you accept that, the calmer you'll be. You just take on. You, all right, you got hit. Reset. Go again. Yeah, sort yeah. of like a life. You hit a brick. You hit a brick wall. Life. Reset yourself. Go again. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, and the other one for you, Maggie, is who's your biggest inspiration in boxing? It's hard, hard, hard question. Um, what are you thinking about? What's your favourite ever boxing match, Jim? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about that question. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I don't know, there's loads, there's loads there. So, uh, Diego Corrales and uh, Castillo's there, up and down, ding dong. I think Hagler. Hagler Haynes, three rounds, absolute mayhem. You know, some yeah, some great, great, great fights. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I'd say, yeah, probably the Hagler Haynes one. Mm. It was only last three rounds, but it was, it was absolute mayhem. Hey, mate, you have Yeah, so, so um, other the Diego Corrales. I think it was... Uh, My favourite was Gatling Wars. Right, okay. I'm sure I remember. And like, the, there's a ninth round in that, and it's just... Yeah, they had, I think they had a trilogy. Yeah. Absolute battles, two, right. two, two scrappers, just trying to touch, so nothing alongside of each other. To the question, though, I don't think I've ever actually looked up to someone and thought, I want to be like him. Right. I think I've always sort of, in terms of styles, I've always sort of looked at different boxes and thought, I like a bit of that, I'll take a bit of that, I like yeah. a bit of that. And then, other, mainly, my dad's always sort of, not not not, not inspired me, but just took brought me the way the way I am up and I've always looked at the way he's been in terms of he's just a normal normal fella that's always out to work eight in the morning back at five worked since he was 14 very old school and done it all just to make sure we have a roof overhead yeah, right. and dinner on the table very old school person and it's people like that that think that I've did that that's a it's a hard it's a hard life I mean everyone knows what it's like getting up I see I go to the gym train, go home, chill, go back to the gym, train, and, and it is hard, but I'll come here and I'll do a day's work with my dad, and I'll be crying at the end of the day, right. yeah, got yeah. my hands, and hands are sore, and yeah, I'll be yeah. down, saying I'll shut up and get back up with my yeah, yeah. but I've always, with boxing, I've always, I've never like inspired someone's story, Yeah, right. Okay. Really, it's always been, I've always looked at my dad and thought, he's going through this, so I can box. Yeah, okay, yeah. So I need to That's make nice. sure that I need to make sure I do this yeah. to give back to him. And he only wants a pint at the end. When I come watch out, he only wants a pint. Oh, right, okay. So that, 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 <laughs> that, that won't be seen by that. would be a cheap night for me. Yeah, right, 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 right. That's good. That's good. And uh, just one other question I have. Uh, just is the times when you, when you, and I can, obviously I'll never, I'll never know, thankfully. Is there times, certainly so far in your career, when you got here and thought, F me, that was harder than I thought it would be? Probably every time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've never felt too... In a fight, I've never felt too much. I don't know, maybe it's because of the adrenaline or whatever. But the way I box as well, my style of the boxing, like, I don't really get hit flush. I have to get, as much as I don't get hit, everyone gets hit. But I sort of... They glance me and I sort of roll them. I kind of roll them yeah, off. Yeah. And they, so they catch me, but they don't pay much effect to me. In sparring, you get hit with... I've been hit with... A few when I switched off in sparring. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've been hit with a few body shots, and they're the ones that you 
you you've got to sort of really. I mean, headshots. You can you can sort of take you can take a headshot. You can absorb it. You know what I mean? You get used <laughs> no, to I don't. Power, but yeah, go on. You, yeah, I, yeah. For a boxing point of view, you know you can sort of absorb some power, but you get hit to the body, and it, and you, your breath and your, your breath goes. Right. And it might only take you ten seconds to recover. But in that time, it feels like ten minutes, right. and you're trying to get your breath back, and you're not, try- and you're trying to not, not go any, yeah, like, yeah. keep that poker face and say you haven't hurt me here. Maybe was, put, maybe pull your tongue out or something to put them off, like you don't hurt me. But right. really, you, you, <laughs> probably a sign there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I presume you, when you're fighting, you're looking at the other boxer you, you to try and see if you hurt them. Is that a thought process? Yeah, in yeah, head? yeah. If you catch them a big shot, you, you sort of glance at them, and if you know you you know if you've you've kept these just as much as they might know if they've caught you. And if I mean, I, I've caught people a few shots, and like I was saying, you, you know as well that they're trying to do a trick and they're trying to poke the tongue out. But you, that all that just shows is oh, I've caught you then. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you know what I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just trying to say that didn't hurt me, but really, the fact they it did. Yeah. But you, you do, you definitely glance up and say, "Have I got you there?" And you'll, you'll, you'll know because you'll see a little wobble on the feet. If you hit them in the body, you'll see a little like they'll, they'll drop their elbow. They'll, they'll, you might even you hear you hear a lot when you're up close. You won't okay. obviously outside in the ring. Interesting. But when you're in with them and you're in short, like, a short distance, you can't, especially the body shot, and you'll hear a little. A little wheezy noise. Or All right. You, you, you know, I've got you here. I've got you here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. right. Interesting. Mm. Well, thanks for coming in. Yeah. I don't know if there's any more yeah. down there. Thanks for coming in. It's yeah, been no, really interesting. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having us. No pleasure. Uh, obviously, good luck. Hopefully, COVID naps off sooner rather than late, and you get back to fighting. Yeah, definitely. And we'll uh, we'll keep an eye. A year or so, or whenever I'm back up, box, I can get back in. Yeah, that'd time. be wonderful. Yeah, anytime mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, no, I appreciate you coming in and. Congratulations on all the work you've done and helping cut yeah. grassroots. Because again, when Matt and I started the podcast, it was very much about yeah. talking to grassroots people that do so much work in sport that's in many ways unnoticed. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure there's a lot of, lot of local people, yeah. Matt included, that are grateful for all the yeah, work you do at that, that grassroots level. Yeah, you do it all for the likes of that. Like, you yeah. know, you get a kid like that goes and wins a medal at the Commonwealth Games yeah, sure. and all the hard work that you've done has paid off. Yeah, no, for sure. So no, thanks, guys, for coming yeah, in. Thank you. Matt, do you want to check us out? Yeah, so whether you're listening or watching today, please like, share, subscribe, and leave those five-star reviews pretty please. Social media, Facebook with the M-Word podcast, Twitter, uh, M-Word podcast number one, and on Instagram, the M-Word IOM. Yeah, I'm writing down. Cheat, cheat, cheat. these. Uh, It's word out. Thanks for letting us into your sexy ears. It's word out from Mom. And word out from Matt.